and welcome to Ship of Fools, a nautical D&D actual play podcast, although today we are only about half of those things. Uh, that's right, as you hopefully knew. When that's you- right, this is a live performance, <laughs> not a podcast. You're goddamn right it is. Look behind you, there we are. <laughs> um... As you hopefully knew when you clicked on this episode, this is our third annual, which is fucking crazy, but our third annual holiday special um, where we are mixing things up a little bit. I still remember Taffy fondly. I know. And two whole years ago, basically a million. Me when I walk out of the candy store. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am still Hannah McLean, but I am your game master on this wintry adventure. Um, and I am still joined by Andy Latai, Nolani Stevenson, and Taylor Wallace, but I am not joined by Finn Fisher, Reagan Starkweather, or Malachi Kassir. Um, we are instead, we are going to be playing a game called Monster of the Week. Um, if you're not familiar with Monster of the Week, it is a Powered by the Apocalypse system. Powered by the Apocalypse is like a family of systems that all use a, like, 2d6 base um, for making things happen. So when the player characters want to make something happen, they will roll 2d6s. They will add whatever modifier they may have to add to it. Um, Generally, a 10 or higher is a full success. Whatever you wanted to do happens, you succeed. A 7 to 9 is a mixed success. So you will be able to do maybe part of what you wanted to do, but not all of it, or you'll be able to do it, but something bad is also going to happen in the meantime. And then a six or below is just a failure. Um, Whatever you were trying to do does not succeed. And often in this game, things get even worse uh, off of that. Um, Monster of the Week uses this 2d6 system, and it is a game about you know, hunting monsters and slaying demons and listening to ghosts and that kind of, that whole kind of urban modern fantasy genre. Um, So that's where we find ourselves today as we are going to dive right in to our our holiday special here. Allow me to set the scene. (laughs) We open on a manor house. It's the Aubrecht Manor, a gorgeous Victorian, all turrets and porches and balconies. The home has been abuzz with activity over the past week, as Christmas decorations have been taken down or converted. The lights and snowflakes and some of the garlands can stay, but the tall tree in the foyer has been replaced with a towering fountain of champagne. The lights are now paired with garlands and sparklers, everything silver and gold, as the real event of the year at the Aubrecht Manor is about to kick off in just a few hours. That's right, it's December 31st, and it's time for Virginia Aubrecht's famous New Year's Eve party, a celebration of possibilities, wealth, luxury, friendship, wealth again, and of course... (laughs) Featuring plenty of music from the Broadway show that made Virginia famous. Give me an Auld Lang sign, with sign of course spelled S-I-G-N. A cheesy but moderately (laughs) successful Jefferson Todd musical about falling in love on New Year's Eve. Everyone who's anyone will be coming to the Aubrecht Manor in limousines and sports cars and maybe even a horse-drawn carriage or two. 
It's about 6 p.m., so about an hour before the party starts, and Virginia Aubrecht, the stately, silver-haired heiress and former Broadway star, is up in her dressing room, putting on the finishing touches for the big night. She sits at her dressing table, surrounded by gilded edges and mirrors and old show posters. She hums to herself a bit as she fastens in her earrings. Across the room, Virginia's record player suddenly turns on. As Virginia slowly turns to look, verifying that no one else is in the room with her, a grainy recording of Virginia's own voice, recorded years and years ago, picks up where the humming left off. What are you doing, New Year's, New Year's Eve? The record scratches, screeching over the last note before breaking off. Virginia stares at the record player a moment more before turning back to the mirror, where, reflected right over her own shoulder, is the face of a young woman. Her skin, pale and drawn, deep hollows beneath bloodshot eyes, pale hair fanned out around her face, her mouth open as if she's about to start screaming. Virginia gasps. <gasps> La- Letitia? And all at once, the apparition is gone. A second later, every mirror in the dressing room shatters. We cut to outside the manor house. At about this time yesterday, the Paranormal Investigative Support Services Agency received a call from Virginia Aubrecht, an old contact and even friend of yours, telling you that you're invited to her New Year's Eve party and to wear your best clothes but also bring all of your gear, because she's pretty sure her house is being haunted and not in the good way. As the, you were told that you should show up a little bit early so that Virginia can update you on the situation before the majority of the guests arrive. Um, the caterers and staff are still kind of scurrying around, finishing up last minute preparations. Um, what type of vehicle is pulling up the long drive toward the Aubrecht Manor? Uh, well, pulling up the drive is probably the oldest car anyone here has ever seen. It's one of those really old ones that is open on the sides, and you have to turn a hand crank on the front to get it going, and it's making little chug 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 noises as it goes up the driveway. Uh, but it's in astoundingly good condition for being yeah. such an old car, and it uh, seems to be moving, at least, pouring out a fume of black smoke in its wake. And of course, it is all black as well. Oh, naturally. Um, any logo or anything on the side, or just you, that would be gauche? Uh, just the full name of the, the agency. <laughs> yeah, it says Paranormal Investigative Support Services on the side, hand-painted. In like a gothic font. Great. And a smiley face underneath. Clearly added by a different hand. <laughs> uh... Yes, this vehicle is loudly pulling up the drive. Um, people are turning to look and mostly just kind of shaking their head and going back about their business. Um, you you pull up and the, the valets sort of uh, look a little bit confused at the car. Um, they're used to, to, to old cars coming by to visit, but not... Um, this is a little a little outside of their wheelhouse. You can see that the valet is kind of very confusedly looking at. Um, can you please describe who's driving this car and what they look like? Yeah, the driver of this car is an old-looking man. Old-looking because he is indeed old. <laughs> 
wearing a long black coat tightly buttoned and a black silk top hat over his head. He's got droopy features and some bushy white mutton chops. And he turns to the valets, and because they're taking too long to spring into action and serve him, he lays on the horn while scowling. And it's one of those old horns. <laughs> one of the valets sort of jumps a little as you uh, blare this extremely loud horn and kind of like steps up, um, gestures for you to get out and hand him the keys so that he can go park your car. I hand him the keys and I say, I don't want to see a scratch on her, young man. No, don't don't worry, sir. I just got this. <laughs> Certainly, understood. Um, he takes the keys. You know, I figured it was time to upgrade to one of them newfangled iron horses. You know. <sighs> right, right. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, certainly. Um, he he gives you a sort of like conspiratorial smile, like ah, oh, I'm in on the joke as well. Um, oh, sir, <laughs> I promise you, you're not. I am still scowling. <laughs> I don't like when the help smiles at me. <clears throat> Naturally. Um, who else, as the, the valet starts to get into the car and gets ready to drive it away to the parking lot um, that this house has, um, who, who else is stepping out of the car? Uh, out of the other front seat, you see a, a spry young man with a perfect quaff of golden hair, a fancy white button down, with a bright blue tie and red velour pants steps out. He claps the top of the car with one hand and says, we'll see you later, buddy. I told you, you're not supposed to touch her. I was just sitting in her. That's different. Um, once the the young man has closed the passenger door behind him, uh, another figure <laughs> gets out from the passenger side, but does not open the door to do so. Yeah. Um, simply passes through. Uh, this figure is... Um, you know Tuxedo Mask? Not personally, but I've seen images. From Sailor Moon. Oh. Uh, this figure is just dripping in, in velvet and lace ruffs and has also a black silk top hat, but slightly bigger than the first guy's black silk top hat. And a uh, sweeping black silken cape and is wearing a uh, white mask over their face, uh, as well as opera gloves, holding a pair of opera glasses, uh, and you cannot see very much. In fact, you can't see any uh, skin or distinctively human features at all. Mm -hmm. The valets kind of like exchange a slightly confused glance at the timing of hearing the passenger door slam and then seeing another person seemingly get out, but conveniently no one's on that side of the car, so. The boyishly uh, handsome young man just laughs and says, oh, forgot to close the door. But sir, it's definitely closed. Uh, yeah, I just closed it. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, right, naturally, of course. As if looking at me wasn't bad enough, now you're talking back as well. Uh, not to you, <laughs> oh, sir. Oh, gosh, I think he's kind of cute. <sighs> Thank you. Um, You'd think Peter Law was cute if he looked at you. I tip, I tip the valet a quarter. That's far too much. Great. Oh, hush, old man, we're here for a good evening. Oh, man. I mixed it up. I thought you were supposed to tip him when you get the car back. Oh, yes, and we'll have a good evening, all right? We'll give them spirits a what for. <laughs> or oh, my name is in Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> it, is, it is. 
the valet drives away very quickly, um, as if he <laughs> can't wait to put as much distance between himself as you as possible. Don't take the corners too hard! He takes the corner startlingly hard, but magnificently. It's graceful. Mm. Oh, have his head for that. He could take my corners like that. Um, the three of you find yourselves facing the the grand front doors of the Albrecht Manor. It is a, you know, this late December evening. Um, there's snow across the ground. It has not yet started snowing tonight, but the clouds were gathering all day as if it might start at any moment. Um, the... The doors are, again, the party has not fully started yet, so the doors are not yet quite open, but they are unlocked, and you're able to just sort of push them open and enter. Um, you find yourselves in this gilded grand front hall. Um, this just, like, massive foyer with this gorgeous uh, crystal chandelier, all of these lamps and statues and artworks around... All of this, this gold and silver, the the very classy tinsel and garlands decorating everything. Oh boy, this place is incredible. I nod approvingly. The caterers are in the process of setting out all these little hors d'oeuvres on a long table with a red tablecloth. Um, there's, you know, already this tower of champagne. Ah! Virginia always did know how to throw a party. I remember the cast party for Old Lang Syne. I mean, my goodness, that was a party. Now, gang, gang, remember, we're here to solve a mystery, not to have a snack. That could wait till after. Right, I turned to one of the caterers. Do you have any gelatin or, or pudding or other soft pureed foods? Ebenezer. My chompers aren't what they used to be. Like an aspic. He loves aspics. Don't tell them what I love. I take a glass of champagne, but, and I carry it around, and I'm, like, swirling it, <laughs> but I never take a drink from it. You hear from one of the balconies up above you a voice call out, Oh, of course we can arrange to have some pudding or some other soft food broth, even if it wasn't on the menu. <laughs> Megan will get right on that. Um, from up on the balcony, you see this stately figure of Virginia Albrecht, this uh, former Broadway star. Uh, her silver hair is pulled up in this elegant updo. She's wearing this gorgeous golden gown and has this like fur, one of those like half-shoulder capes. Mm. Um, she too already has a glass of champagne in her hand um, as she sort of slowly sweeps her way down the stairs towards the three of you. Oh, God, she's always just been the most. Oh my God. I mean, that's, that's borderline tacky. Fur and pearls, come on. <laughs> oh my God, hi! Oh my goodness, it is just, oh, I can't even tell you three how glad I am to see you and how thankful I am that you came. I mean, last minute, I'm sure you had other New Year's Eve plans, but nowhere better that's to right. be than in my home. <laughs> I was going to spend the evening sitting in my study glowering. Ah, uh, and I've taken you away from that, my dear Mr. Scrooge, and I'm so sorry about the trouble, truly. Um, but I trust you'll have some, some fun here in between the ghost hunting. Oh, no trouble at all, yeah. Thank you, dear. Listen, this is the fanciest party we could possibly be at this evening, and if we mm. get to help you out while we're at it, then that's good for me. Thank you, young man. Fred, please try and act like you belong here. Please don't just advertise the fact that we are... 
Imploring. We were hired for a reason, Melandru. <sighs> That's right, and that reason is to kick a ghost's hey. immaterial ass. <laughs> yes, you watch yourself. I kiss Virginia on both cheeks, do the whole thing. She kisses you on both cheeks, kind of on the outside of your mask. Um, there's like a little like blow of cold air as she gets too close to you. And you see she like shivers just a little bit, but she's a professional. Hmm. Hannah, have we met her before? Like for uh, this purpose? Um, I mean, she goes way back with Melandru um, and has met Ebenezer uh, before. I don't know if you... I think that's kind of up to you if you think that you've met her okay. before or if... Yeah, I stick my hand right out for her hand and be like, My name's Fred Bones. I'm the leader of the Paranormal Investigative Support Services, and we are here to do whatever we can for you. So you just let us know where to start and we're off. Wow. Yeah, he's more of a young ward, really. You are just so charming. Oh, this is delightful. Does she shake my hand? She does. She shakes your hand. I bring it up for a kiss. Yeah. Uh, she's she's very pleased by that and sort of like, oh, see, I think he fits in just fine, Melandru. Yes, well, I mean. Fred winks at Melandru. We had to find a cute little pool boy, didn't we? Or else my name isn't Melandru Boyd Weber. <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly is Melandru Boyd Weber, as we all know. So It is Melandru Boyd Weber. Yes. Um, right then. And my name is Ebenezer <laughs> Scrooge. Yeah. I pound my walking stick y on the floor. You know, you're supposed to shake hands for an introduction, guys. <laughs> yes. I just nod at Virginia and I'm like, Ginny, I'm seeing you again. And uh, oh. you are here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Right. Uh, as as I explained on the telephone, um, I've had just, just a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of haunting trouble um, in the past week. Um, Ooh. Yes, I know. And normally I'd be delighted. Of course, I'm, I'm no, more than course. used to coexisting with the spirit world. I mean, I've been in the theater for 50 years when it has to be, but... You remember that seance back in 86? Oh, oh my goodness. How could I forget it? Just titillating. Um, <laughs> naturally. But this, this, my New Year's Eve party is something that I take very seriously. It's something that I'm known for, and I just can't have anything disrupting my my guests and their enjoyment of the night. And this spirit, I must say, has been quite, uh, quite disruptive. Um, there have been, I mean, moans and wails and even the occasional what almost sounds like a run of song coming from the halls mm. for the past week mm. since it, the trouble started on Christmas Day. There've been, uh... When she says Christmas Day, Scrooge <laughs> spits on the floor. <laughs> I know, don't they just always? Ebenezer! A cursed time indeed. Fred has whipped out one of those little traveler's notebooks and is furiously jotting these down. Mm -hmm. But, like, over his shoulder, you can see that he's writing down, like, Christmas haunting he's writing down like one word bullets at a time um and and you know a little bit of sounds are, are nothing really too too worrying but there have also been you know paintings flying off the wall and flying across the room and statues falling over of their own accord and some more more disturbing things and i just i just want to make sure that nobody gets hurt so you know um all of that 
just, just if you could get to the bottom of whatever's happening and make sure that it doesn't escalate during the party, that would be much appreciated. Mm. Don't you worry, Miss Albrecht. I've amassed plenty of ghosts before. Mm. And you know, <laughs> usually I find that whoever's behind it, they just want attention. Mm. Which we will not be giving them at your party. Don't you worry. Thank you. Yes, it is very important that the the attention remains on me, my good time that I'm throwing for my guests. <clears throat> uh, tell me, have the spirits attempted to teach you any sort of lesson? Is there any moral that seems to be being imparted onto you? Um... Because that would be just like them, those rotten bastards. Oh, come <laughs> off it. The only moral I have ever tried to impart on you is to clean up your dirty socks instead of leaving them in the hall wipe. You always just leave them in the hall. And thank God I don't walk because I would trip over your socks so often. Well, I'd perhaps take that under consideration if you were an invited house guest. Uh, Miss Albrecht, have you recently come into any new properties recently? Or perhaps uh, inherited... Uh, a valuable gem or something that might make anyone <laughs> jealous? <laughs> certainly Do not. Do you think you have not. any ungrateful, resentful underlings? Uh, no, no, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Oh, those, those ones, they're, they're great I'm candidates. I'm sure, I, uh, well, um, no, 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 I'm, I'm sure there isn't. Um, Fred thinks back to the valets outside. <laughs> Scrooge is also thinking back to the valets outside. <laughs> Lousy urchins. No, no, but our young apprentice does raise a good question, which is that apprentice. if this began on Christmas Day, you you didn't come into the possession of any sort of, you know, uniquely cursed objects, portraits, mm. urns, relics, anything of the like. Um, I mean, not that I can think of. I received, oh, I received a new, a new necklace, it's true, but it was, it, it didn't radiate any particular cursedness to me and then uh no you curses know, yeah um nathan sent me flowers of course as he always does nathan and anthony dear so ah, the hot dog man <laughs> you you actually know uh melandrew um that uh uh nathan is referring to uh nathan rook who was her co-star in give me an odd lang sign um the the sort of leading man to her leading lady oh i remember him well yes he was fine but he was no edwin booth <laughs> <laughs> scrooge how old are you that's not a polite question young man it's true all of my questions are polite um but no, no, nothing that I can that I can think of. Um, <clears throat> there is perhaps just one one small detail. Um, just you know, I I had not seen any visages of whatever is haunting me um, over the past week, which is why I didn't mention any to you on the phone. But you know, just just now as I was getting ready upstairs. Um, well, I, I saw a face reflected in the mirror, um, reflecting a person who was not actually in the room. Um, and it just, you know, and I, I could have been mistaken. There's plenty of, of it, it was only a quick, a quick look. But, well, uh, she, she rather looked like Letitia Silver. Um, 
And she looks like she's not sure, Melandrew or Scrooge, if either of you had heard of this person. Um, Scrooge, you probably have not. Melandrew, I'll leave it up to you whether you you had or not. This was a... Actually, I'm going to say, you you keep, keep enough tabs on things. The name rings at least a bell. Um... Letitia Silver was another actress back in the days, another Broadway star in the days around when Give Me an Auld Lang Sign was coming out. Um, she was up for the leading role in that musical, um, but was uh, passed over uh as Jefferson Todd wanted to work with Virginia instead. Um, so there was a, and she, her career never really recovered from that. Um, but you, you're not sure. I mean, you just know that after that she was, she wasn't around nearly as much, had a few kind of like ensemble roles and then just sort of faded from the stage. Wow. But I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But it, it just, it briefly, briefly looked as if it might be her. So I don't, I don't see why she'd have any reason to haunt me. I mean, it was, I deserved the part. Everyone knows that. Um, and she was, oh, of course. She was Everybody, always gracious yes. about it. But oh, I'm sorry. Is this Letitia, uh, some sort of recently deceased business partner of yours? Because I've had experience with that. No, no, and I don't have any recently deceased business partners. Or no, no faces in doorknobs. No, although wow, that would be exciting. I turned to Melange and Fred. My God, this might be out of our depth. Oh no, no, no. So she was, she was someone you knew back in the day. Back in the day, yes. But you haven't yes. seen her since? Dear girl. No, I haven't seen her in, in years and years. Um, but it looked like her when she was younger? Yes, yes. Like back back in the days when we knew each other. Mm. I, I turned to Melandrew. Is she still alive? Is she? You don't know. Well, I don't have the foggiest, but I mean, if she's showing up spectrally in people's mirrors, I would think she's perhaps not. Unlike me, who is completely alive and normal listen you can rig up mirrors to do anything these days well i think we should um you know go through the old address book and see if we can find flatitia silver has recently kicked the proverbial bucket yes yes um you whatever whatever you need um feel free you have the run at the house if you need help um you know you can always talk to me although the guests will start arriving soon um and i will have to be you know tending to them but uh you can also ask um megan megan um did you find that pudding she kind of calls over and you see like one of the caterers um kind of like Walks over and she has like a little dish with like a what looks like some sort of like lemon flavored pudding in it. And she kind of hands it to Scrooge with a sort of uh, flustered but clearly trying to be gracious uh, appearance. Um, And she's like, yeah, this is um, here you go. We this was not on the menu, but we like to try and fulfill people's requests. I take it and I say, hmm, I was thinking more along the lines of a figgy pudding. You know, the British way. This is great. Thank you so much, Megan. You're welcome. Um, I want plum pottage in 20 minutes. We're not here for snacks, Ab. (laughs) Also, it's disgusting watching you eat Christmas pudding. Do you know that? I've had to sit there and watch you eat Christmas pudding for how many years? Oh, I forgot that that's a Christmas thing. I don't want figgy pudding. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Problem solved. Yorkshire pudding, please. No, nope. (laughs) Thank you. We love lemon pudding. 
We're off. Fred gives a big old thumbs up to Megan. Great. I take a spoonful of the lemon pudding and then I go, oh, oh, far too strong. (laughs) Andy exclusively plays characters who have hard stances on lemons. One of the important things you need to determine about a character during the creation process. Um, she, like, takes the little dish from you and is like, okay. Anyway, yes, I'm the head caterer. Let me know if you need anything. Um, great. And, like, walks away. I, I believe I've made my needs clear. <laughs> Don't poison anybody. Fred winks. I wasn't going to poison anybody, but thank you for the advice. Um, she's a dear girl, really. Just, you know, a little bit... Um, more used to being uh, behind the scenes. Uh, exactly. Um, now, mm. this... Hasn't been asking for any holidays off, has she? Leah! Leah! Um, you see another slightly harried looking, but also very put together uh, young woman walks into the room. Um, she has like a like dark velvet gown on, um, her hair pulled up, but she does have a clipboard in her hand. Um, and she, she walks up and she's like, hi. A stage manager. Uh, yeah, personal assistant, but the, close. Um, I'm Leah Sutherland. Nice to meet all of you. You're the ghost hunters, I presume. That's right. Investigators, paranormal investigators. There's no such thing yes. as ghosts. Paranormal what? investigators. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fred? Fred, you've met Melandra, haven't you? Eddie. Yeah, he's standing right here. <clears throat> uh, that's under his breath with a smile pasted on his face. Uh-huh, I could hear it. Um, yes, Leah, Leah is my personal assistant. Um, she's sort of, you know, she's great. She does absolutely everything for me. So she's been running the house. Um, if she knows, and she's been around for the past week, so she's witnessed a lot of these haunting signs as well. So anything that you need to know, just go ahead and talk to her. She will help you out. Um, right, okay. I think that I see that, uh... Oh, yes, that looks like Chrissy Jacobs is here early, as always. So I will uh, speak with you all later. Let me know if you need anything. Again, just as a a little bit of light haunting is all right, but nothing too drastic to interrupt my party. Please, your lifesavers, thank you. Um, She kisses each of your cheeks and sweeps away toward the front door. That old bitch, I love her. So, so Leah... Yeah. She says you've been here all week, right? Yes, I have been. Yeah. Excellent. Good to hear you didn't go on for this nonsense about taking Christmas off work. Yeah, no, my job is kind of... This is one of one of those jobs that just sort of consumes everything. Mm. Excellent. I know. I have very few strong convictions, but that's one of them. Yeah. It'll probably come up again. Fred nods you know, pensively. <laughs> some of my friends uh, don't think it's the healthiest thing in the world, but I always say if you want to get ahead, right? You're right. Mm -hmm. And I always say, who needs friends? Everyone needs friends, Ebenezer. I like you, Leah, despite myself. Thanks. You're a real go-getter. Thanks. Now, Leah, do you happen to have one of those little, um, you know, fancy gitchy goos with the the Googles and the... All of that. Oh, he means a cell phone. Oh, do I have a cell phone? Yes, I have a cell phone. I never touch the things myself. Would you just be an absolute angel and just give me a quick little, like, looky-upsies to see if um, that old hag, Letitia Silver, is alive? Can you find me an obituary, perhaps? I mean, I... Yeah, sure. Um, She, like, pulls out her phone and 
Googles real quick, um, does some, some tapping away. Um, hmm. It is surprisingly hard to find information on her. Looks like she kind of faded from the public eye. Um, mm, yeah. She was no Lotta Crabtree, that's for sure. Ah, uh, she paid someone to erase her online presence. This might require more intensive research. I'm not finding any, like, immediate recent obituary. So she didn't make the times, is what you're saying. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, not that that means anything, of course not, but I did. I made the times obituary section. This guy, am I right? Right. Yeah, um, uh, I'll let you know if I, if anything, if I'm able to turn up anything. She's sort of frowning at her phone. Mm, thank you, darling. Yeah. Uh, Lee, if you could just point us in the direction of, uh, where Miss Albrecht was getting ready, that'd be aces. Yeah, uh, go ahead and head upstairs, kind of to the right, um, take a left, and then another right, and then it's the third door on the right. Right? Uh, no. Upstairs, right, left, right. Yeah, okay. I'll find it. You've got it. Okay. <laughs> um, and she, you know, takes her clipboard and her cell phone and sort of turns away from you all. Um, are you? So are you heading to Virginia's dressing room? I'd yes. like to. Yes. Okay. And I'm just going to leave my champagne glass hanging in the air where I was. <laughs> Hold on. Are you also telekinetic? <laughs> no, it's just funny cartoon ghost physics. Yeah, you you leave the glass there. Um, you guys walk away. Yeah, it's like how whenever I run, there's a little puff of smoke behind me. Right. Yeah, and you're able to go upstairs and back through the hallways um, to find uh, Virginia's dressing room. Um, the upstairs of this manor is a very kind of confusing network of rooms where it would definitely be hard to find your way. Everything sort of looks the same. Um, you might say I could go in one door and out another. I I might, several times even. Um, but uh, Leah gave you accurate and uh, specific directions, and so you are able to uh, locate uh, Virginia's dressing room. There is, like, a star on the door, even though, you know, it's her house. <laughs> but you see that the inside of the dressing room is, like... You know, there's there's gowns hanging and a hat rack and shoes lined up and um, all of her makeup and stuff still over the vanity. Um, but you do see immediately that every mirror in this room, the one at the vanity, the full length one on the wall, are just shattered. Um, there's all this broken glass all over the floor. Um, that's the only sign of, of anything that looks immediately out of place to you, is the, the obvious Interesting. shattered glass. Actors, honestly. All right, gang. I mean, guys. Well, I hope she's not expecting us to pay to replace all these mirrors. Oh no, I think. Well, we we don't want to move anything just yet. We wanna we wanna take a closer look first. I had to do this sort of stuff all the time. Uh, I would like to investigate a mystery. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Go ahead and and roll. Tell me what you get. Okay. Um, I forgot I was not sharp in this game, and I <laughs> rolled a four. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So nothing, I guess. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so, Fred, you take a look around this dressing room. Um, the glass is shattered. So if there were yeah. any like wires and such behind the mirror, they'd be exposed. But there, there aren't any here. But yeah. anything that was in the glass, you just can't see. Drats! I forgot my magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no signs of anything. No. Oh man, um, and my fingerprint kit. Yeah, that you just. I left them in my other pockets. 
the other two of you watch as Fred kind of like paces around the room a little bit, um, looking increasingly consternated. Uh, see, this is why you need a gang, a team. I turn back to them. Hey, guys. <laughs> I step forward and I shout, If there's a spirit here, show yourself and I'll beat you six ways to Sunday, I'll swear. Uh, I was wondering if actually we... Does that achieve anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, but good try. <laughs> Come on, gang, let's look for clues. Yeah, investigate a mystery is the general, like, check out a crime scene move. Um, I would also like to investigate a mystery, but I want to, like, so her makeup and shit's everywhere, right? So there's mm -hmm. got to be a big old-timey powder puff, right? Yes. So can I use a big old-timey powder puff to dust for prints? Sure, yeah, you can do that. Um, I will give you plus one forward from that so you can add a plus one to whatever you roll all right i i guess yeah i poke around see what i can find you can if you want to be helping melandrew you can make the help out move and then you roll as well um and then if you succeed melandrew gets a plus one and this is this is what sharp sharp yeah uh yeah i'll help melandrew so that is a five okay uh roll to five plus two plus the hold is eight so mixed success Okay. I got a five to help. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so you are not being helpful, Scrooge. I'm looking around at all her makeup and everything, and I just grumble, Oh, all seems a bit overpriced to me. Okay, so Nani, you got a, a mixed success, which means that you get to ask me one of the questions that are listed in the investigative mystery move. I can read them to you if you'd like, or you should have them on your little cheat sheet. Please read them to me for the people. Sure. So the questions are, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? Hmm. Where did it go? Okay. Because it clearly was here, and it's clearly no longer here. And I'm sensing some traces of ectoplasm in my powder puffing. So where is it? Yeah, your powder puffing um, reveals to you, first of all, no fingerprints beyond, um, at least no like suspicious recent fingerprints. You, you catch the same set of prints over kind of everything, which you can assume to be Virginia. Mm -hmm. And occasionally there's a couple stray prints from other people, probably people cleaning the space or possibly Leah coming in here for one reason or another. Um, you also, you find that it looks like once once all of the mirrors shattered, you find some like footprints in the carpet and over the glass that kind of looks like Virginia um, got up and left the room immediately after that. Um, you can see the sort of like footprints consistent with the, the shoes you saw her wearing just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. indicating that she left the room immediately and it seems like then there was no more ghostly activity in the room once she left. Um, so you sort of, you are able to confirm that this ghost was not haunting the dressing room for any particular reason. It came in here because Virginia was in here and sort of scared her. And then when she fled the room, it either presumably followed, although she didn't tell you of any more ghostly signs. So either this thing is unable to, like, continue operating or it's not, like, strong enough to maintain its presence for that long. Um, but it is not still present in the dressing room at this moment. It, it left when Virginia did. <gasps> it's personal. It often is. Hmm. Well, 
I guess we better clean this mess up then. I don't think that's our job. <laughs> Fred starts sweeping the glass off to the side, since we didn't find any clues there. Uh, well, I hope you're not expecting me to act like a serving boy. No, I don't expect anything from you, Scrooge. That's how I like it. I like how you bend over in those red velour pants, Fred. <laughs> Why, thank you, Melandrew. I quite like them myself. Okay, um, Fred cleans up the glass for a little while while Scrooge and Melandrew just stand there unhelpfully. Um, Scrooge has a pair of gloves in his pocket that he does not offer to Fred. You guys hear from downstairs. Fred has hard hands. <laughs> what? Okay, you guys hear from downstairs um, the sounds of the party gathering, um, the, the noises of laughter and clinking glasses and conversations uh, continues to escalate as more and more guests arrive. Um, you know that it's getting Disgusting. to be close to 7 p.m., which is where Virginia will make her, like, toast to open the party. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe we should keep a closer eye on Miss Virginia. I think that's well, it's true. If this ghost is after her, then even now it could be attempting to brainwash her into appreciating the true meaning of some hogwash or other. No, no, I just mean like maybe it might try and ruin the party by ruining her speech by maybe killing her. I don't know. I'm still not sold that it's not a cursed necklace. Was she wearing a necklace, Hannah? Uh, she was wearing a string of pearls, as you established. I, d- um, I did! But not another necklace beyond that. You do see, There is a jewelry box in this room. Are there the flowers in the dressing room that they were sent to her by her old co-star? No, actually. They are probably, like, out with, like, in, in the main hall, along okay. with, like, other flowers and such that right, she has right. been sent uh, that are still, you know, young enough to be looking good. Just like men. She she said we had pretty much the run of the place, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Were there any off-limits areas? Not that she said so quick. Let's dig up some dirt. She's got to have a stash of pills in the bathroom. She said she hasn't seen anything until today. Huh. What are you thinking? Well, usually I don't have to do that part, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um. Man, I miss Thelma. <laughs> Well, I, think, I say we... Get, well, no, no, please, please. This is what a ga- uh, uh, group's all about. Well, I say we go find Virginia, see if we can detect any ghostly essence hanging about her. We divide the work equally. We're all even members of the team. Right, guys? Uh, sure. I pat him on the head. Hey, <laughs> don't mess the hair. Yeah, don't mess with the hair. I think we need... Yeah, I think... You know, I think he's right. I think we need to go see Virginia again. That was... Uh, that was such a good idea, Fred. So you guys walk back out to the main foyer, which is the where the most of the party is taking place. Um, there's a, a crowd of guests here now. All of these these people in fine outfits, um, gorgeous dresses and well-tailored suits, all sipping champagne and eating hors d'oeuvres and laughing uh, brightly in that ah-ha-ha-ha way uh, at each other's jokes. Um, Bunch of false-faced well-wishes and strutting peacocks, you ask me. What's that about cock? <laughs> Malandro. What? <laughs> Pipe down, guys. Oh, Abby. <laughs> ba, 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 da, ba. I told you never to abbreviate my name. Um, you, you guys kind of emerge, emerge and come down hey. the staircase. Before we start to mingle with the crowd, why don't you all take some of these? Uh, Fred passes out, uh, some business cards for us to distribute. 
so we can get the name of this investigative group out there. Um, you know, more more exposure is never a bad thing. All right, I won't be doing any mingling though. All right, just just drop him from the 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 overlook then. I don't care, Ebenezer. I do. I take a handful <laughs> of business cards and just toss them over the balcony. Not where anyone could slip on them. Into the crowd. You are such a little enterprising go-getter. It is so refreshing. Listen, when you're starting out on your own career path, you gotta get away from, like, the old you, you know? Oh, honey, you don't have to tell me twice. Always skeevy gang this, skeevy gang that. Uh, you guys descend the staircase, um, toward the crowd. Um, a, a couple, like, notable, um... Notable people that you might spot. Um, Melandra, you see, like, there's several people here that you recognize. Uh, Nathan Rook, the leading man from Give Me an Odd Lang Sign, is here with his husband, Anthony. Um, they're just sort of, like, very much, uh, very sociable, always kind of have groups of people around them. Yes, our kind is like that. You see several several other, you know, theater people that you know. Um, yes. There is no sign, no sign of Jefferson Todd. He has either is not here or has not arrived yet, um, but he's not in the room. Um, you also, you, you see that uh, Chrissy Jacobs, who you know to be a, like, talent scout or, like, talent agent in the theater scene, um, is the one who Virginia said showed up early. Oh. Um, she's around here kind of mingling. Um, you also notice, and this, they're sort of impossible not to notice. They sort of stick out. There's this gaggle of, like very young people who are all like Ugh. all have their their cell phones out and are like snapping pictures and taking videos they're all very well dressed like clearly uh wealthy um, but they certainly do not look like the rest of the crowd that uh virginia tends to hang with um and they stick out stick out a little bit like a sore thumb and are definitely sticking together in like a clump on the side uh oh is there mm. anyone i recognize in there I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, no one that you, like, know. Okay, okay. I pull Leah aside, and I'm like, looks like you've got some gate crashes, bit of the local rabble, I imagine. No, they're invited. Um, you know, it's important to kind of, uh, get the young people involved in social events like this. It's the future of, you know, being famous, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have the TikTok influencers. Oh. You know, guys, I think I'm going to go pass some cards out over there. Okay. <laughs> the only TikTok influencer I know is the man who repairs my grandfather clock. That's Sabrina Michelson over there, and her cover of my seventh aria is one of the most offensive things I have ever heard grace my ears. So we're going to avoid that quadrant of the room over there because disrespect. Um... It is kind of like drawing, getting near to seven o'clock. I mean, you can see that people are still trickling in, mingling with each other. Um, You see Virginia was absent from the space when you first walked out. Um, But as it's time for the party to properly begin, um, she makes a grand entrance again up on one of these higher balconies, um, lifting her glass of champagne and kind of clinking a fork against it uh, until people pay attention to her. Um, The crowd looks around at each other, sort of the conversations slowly die down as everyone turns their faces up. And Virginia's like, 
Welcome, welcome, and happy New Year's Eve to all of my dearest friends. Oh, I'm so, so delighted to have each and every one of you here. Um, it has been, you know, another, another year full of all of its ups and downs, the, the joys and the trials, the, the, the moments where we won and the moments where we lost. And, of course, throughout all of it, the, the moments that we loved, the moments that we were able to spend surrounded by the light and joy of friendship, and that's what tonight is all Scream about scowls. celebrating. <laughs> um, most other people around are, are smiling approvingly up at here. A few people kind of, like, raise their glasses in support, and she says, but, but I won't bore you all with my waxing poetical. Let's just, uh... Let's begin the night, shall we? Uh, I, I hope you'll indulge me with uh, singing the song from Mr. Todd's brilliant, brilliant musical, which I'm sure, you know, so many of you remember. Um, there's like a, a little ripple of laughter from the crowd, a sort of a, all the people who were in that show kind of like, you know, hold themselves a little higher and are like looking around at everyone like, oh yes, that's me, that's me. And uh, Virginia, opens her mouth to begin to sing um, this show tune from the beginning of the musical. Um, but she only has started the first word um, when one of the statues that lines the wall behind her, there's all of these, these busts of various people. Um, you see this flash of movement as one of the statues comes flying off the wall. Um, it like very narrowly flies past Virginia's head as she sort of like uh, is is standing there with her champagne glass raised. It basically goes, goes right through the hollow between her head and the champagne glass. Um, as she just barely like leaned back to start to sing, it flies through the space where her head was a moment before um, and comes careening down toward the crowd below. People sort of like yell and jump out of the way as the bust shatters on the ground, like right next to uh, where Nathan Rook was standing. He jumps out of the way with, you know, surprising spryness um, as the bust just kind of shatters and all of this marble goes flying everywhere. Um, the crowd goes silent. There's all these gasps. Oh, that looked expensive. So can I just real quick? Mm hmm. So I thought we were going to do a little bit mingling before, but I had planned to set up my tape recorder before she like did her oh, thing. Yeah, absolutely. You can have done that. I didn't yeah. get that in before you started that part, but can I have set that yes. up? Cool. 100%. Your tape recorder is uh, where Where would you have? I wanted it to be like a vantage point, basically from what Virginia can see, if possible. So like maybe somewhere behind her. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, you you set that up kind of like as you guys were coming down into the crowd, um, you paused and set it up in one of these like little alcoves that the statues are in is a perfect place for a tape recorder. So you sat that up there and you know that it will have captured like the bust flying from basically next to it um, through the air right past Virginia and then smashing down in the crowd below. Um, Virginia sort of like stands there staring at the bust for a moment and she's like, Oh, this old house, you know, you think you've set things exactly where they are and then they just sort of uh, get a little out of control. But not to worry, don't let this distract anyone from having a a marvelous uh, 
experience at the party here. Just, just a little, a little hiccup. Um, but as they say, you know, the show must go on. Uh, everyone, please, uh, please enjoy yourselves. Um, and she, uh, gestures with her hand as if she's waiting for someone to do something and you see like Leah in the crowd kind of like quickly starts clapping um and very quickly people like pick it up from her and everyone claps all the with a distinct air of unease um as Virginia like hurries down the stairs to join the rest of the guests I had had my like hand oh so subtly like up towards where my ear was as if I was like to be covering my ears when she started singing and then I I hastily turn it into like a a gentle adjustment of my hair (laughs) when she does not in fact end up singing yeah Ooh. okay so we're maybe not doing a great job Fred, who was beelining for the the wealthy influencers, uh, instead veers over to where the statue smashed down. Okay. Scrooge screams, Show yourself! <laughs> no, Scrooge! Face me! Subtlety! Shh! Uh, I want to investigate the statue. <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead and roll that. Uh, Scrooge, you, like... You, you you call that out in the crowd. Um, you see, you get some weird looks and then also some people who are like, yeah, like clearly assuming that you're doing some sort of performance of some kind. Don't you cheer for me. Oh, uh, okay. Yep, in character, understood. Seven. Seven, okay, perfect. Actually, sorry. Instead of investigating that, can I have used that as a read a bad situation role? Does that make sense here? Yeah, that would make sense here. Um, okay. This is a, a bad situation, I would say. And essentially, both just give you questions. It's just a matter of which type of question you're going for. Cool. I want to go look at where the statue came from and see if there's anything suspicious there. Okay. And I want to see who it's a statue of. Yeah. Um, let me see. So, Andy, that would probably be an investigate a mystery role. And if you fail, I'll still tell you like what, what the alcove looks like. That is a 12. Nice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Scrooge is marching across the floor, not even shoving people out of his way, just barreling straight into them if they don't move. Cool, cool. Um, so you can do two questions from investigate a mystery. Okay, I want to ask, what sort of creature is it? And what can hurt it? Okay. I would like to ask, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Okay. Um, so Scrooge, Scrooge and Melandru both go up this balcony to look at the alcove that the statue came from. Melandru, you crouch down um, and read the little, like, placard that's underneath what the bust was of. Um, and you see that, funnily enough, this was actually um, a a bust of, of Meryl Streep. Um, it was like a... a um, yeah, Meryl! Kind of flung. Um, Virginia's one of those people who she has all these busts of, like, her personal heroes up here. Um, you, Scrooge, uh, start rubbing the dust between your fingers, looking at, this was definitely a very solid statue that got thrown. Um, and it got thrown with some serious velocity. And you, you're, you're experienced enough with the hunting of spirits that by this point you've come to know that they come in like multiple, um, that not, not all spirits are made alike. Um, right, there's past, present, future, and change. <laughs> no, there's rum, tequila, whiskey, 
Yeah. Um, this to you, this alcove, and specifically the the weight of the bust and the way that you saw it fly through the air, as well as what generally has been described about this spirit, um, you sort of realize like, oh, this is not just a ghost we're dealing with. This is a poltergeist. Um, This makes sense with the sudden appearance of the ghost, the telekinetic abilities that it's been described to do, the fact that it seems to be like that it's only appeared as an apparition once and otherwise has just moved stuff. Um, But it is troubling because poltergeists tend to be more violent and stronger than just your run-of-the-mill ghost that drifts around. Um, The other one was what can hurt it, right? Yeah. Fortunately, you do also know, beyond the fact that poltergeists are are vulnerable to many of the same things that other ghosts are, um, salt, your, you know, specially tailored candlestick, anything else that can harm ghosts. Um, You also know that the sudden appearance on Christmas Day, the escalating behavior leading up to New Year's Eve, all of that um, feels uh, consistent to you with a ghost that was, um, along with the fact that uh, Leah wasn't able to find like an immediate recent obituary suggesting that Letitia just died, a ghost appearing this suddenly with no apparent cause could have been intentionally called here by someone who's still living. That's a thing that can happen with spirits sometimes. Sometimes they're hanging on for reasons of their own, but sometimes they can be called to manifest by the nefarious purposes of somebody here. Um, And if this ghost was indeed summoned, um, there is probably something, some sort of tether or something keeping it in this world. Um, This could take any form. It just sort of depends on what ritual was used to call it. Um, But in order to truly dispatch the ghost, you know that you're probably going to have to break that tether. Mm. Meanwhile... Um, Fred, you scurried over to the, the kind of pu- pushing your way all elbows and excuse me's through the crowd to the space where the statue s- uh, smashed. You can see little bits of like Meryl Streep's nose and a corner of her hair uh, strewn across the ground here. And as you sort of like look around the area and get your your own proficient kind of ghost hunting sensibilities to see if, if there's anything you're missing here, any more threats that you guys haven't picked up on. Um, you look at the, the guests that are standing around here and realize that the statue, um, the trajectory that it took once it flew past Virginia and down into the crowd was not random. Um, not only was Nathan standing right in the space where the bust smashed, um, but a lot of his fellow Give Me an Odd Lang Sign co-stars were in the area. Um, it becomes quickly clear to you, Fred, um, that Virginia may not be the only target here. You'd already sensed that the poltergeist was following her, um, but it looks like this this bust flew right past her head and directly down at some of her other co-stars from that show. Okay. Hmm. Uh, is Jefferson Todd here, did we say? Jefferson Todd is not here. Okay. Um, and his, his absence is like a little bit conspicuous. Yeah. All right. I would like to talk to Nathan then, if he's still standing nearby. 
Yeah, he is. He's sort of like, uh, you know, straightening out his jacket. His husband is like fixing his tie. Um, sort of, you know, he's brushing some like chalk dust out of his perfect hair. Yeah, Fred helps uh, wipe some dust off him, I guess. It's, uh-huh. uh, I, I, I adjust his lapels a little bit. Thank you, young man. Sorry about that, sir. Um, Why are you apologizing? Did you throw it? Oh, no, of course not. I'm just sorry that it happened. Hmm. Um, you're Nathan... Nathan Rook. Uh, Nathan gives you a, a sort of dazzling showbiz smile, and he's like, yes, yes, that's me. Wow, I used to listen to your stuff all the time when I was growing up. <sighs> Thanks. Huge fan of you and Mr. Todd. Mm. He's he's not here, right? Can I? Is, no. I was hoping maybe you could introduce him. I haven't seen him yet. I certainly, you know, I wouldn't mind that at all, but uh, he's, he's not here yet. My guess would be that he's showing up fashionably late. He tends to... Uh, pride himself on that a little bit always always walking in at the the timetable that suits him that's our jeff uh but he i I, he he doesn't usually miss virginia's party so i'd expect he'll be here within the next hour or so oh well that's a shame i personally love to be on time you know i feel like i could tell that just by looking at you yeah somehow (laughs) i mean if you're gonna go to a show, you gotta get there early so you don't have to climb anybody over anybody to your seats, right? You gotta be to, to warm up if you're a performer, right? Well, certainly one should never be late to a show. Um, he sort of like says this and everyone around him like murmurs approvingly and is like, oh, certainly not. From across the room, you hear Scrooge say, or to work. <laughs> he calls it down from the balcony. Yeah, Fred leans in with like a conspiratorial grin and sort of like fake albums him a bit and is like, but isn't this kind of a show? Biggest party of the year? Hmm. I mean, Virginia certainly thinks of it that way. She gets the same twinkle in her eye that she always gets on stage. Um, I would like to hand Nathan my card. Okay. He takes the card um, and looks at it, reads it, and is sort of like, oh, and then kind of like looks from you up to the space where the bust came from as if he's just putting it together. And he's like, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, sure, if I have Oh, any... you've heard of us! No, I'm just figuring that the mysterious flying uh, statue you... and the paranormal investigator who just came up to me and handed me his card is probably connected. Um, you haven't heard of us? But now... Now, no, uh... You haven't heard of me? Now Fred I've Bones? heard... Now I've heard of you. Fred Bones, Fred Bones. Honey, do we know a Fred Bones? And Anthony's like, I don't... Unless he was... I... Are you one of those... I used to be a part of a different, uh... Group. The thing with the no, the thing with the dog. They were in the news for a while oh for God. having a talking dog, and Nathan's like, "Oh, well, Skeevy was one member of the group, okay?" Yeah, but like a talking dog. It was like, more than just cool. Skeevy Do, right? But like the rest of you were just you know people. Yeah, but I mean, like I I was the one who like I don't know I I, I did a lot of the work on that on that on that team. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and now you've got a, your own paranormal investigating business. Yeah, I mean, which... kind of that one was my own too, but now I have another one that I'm doing all by myself without <laughs> fuck, freaking, uh, without my old friends, Skeevy-Doo and Scraggy and Thelma and... Sure. Well, Kathy and I still talk, but... Uh, they sort of exchange, like, a worried glance and then look back at you, and Nathan, like, text, text the business card into his breast pocket. Fred like, paced a smile back on his face. Again, if there's ever, if I ever have any paranormal troubles beyond the one I just had, uh, 30 seconds ago. Paranormal Investigative Support Services on the case. 
Great. Great to know. Great to know. Hey, really good to meet you, Fred. He gives you a firm handshake. Thank you. Likewise. Hey, if, uh, if, if Mr. Todd shows up. Yeah. Call me over. We'll point him your way. Um, you wander away from the rooks. Um, see that the, the crowd is starting to go back to kind of being in party mode, um, see, recovering kind of quickly from it. In fact, if anything, there's like an air of excitement, a buzz in the room, um, as people are, are talking about Yeah, it's like after the, the chandelier comes down. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, is still glinting above you. For um, now. You know, full of crystals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the music is playing. People are drinking champagne, eating hors d'oeuvres, talking. Uh, Scrooge walks back over, so all three of us are together again. And he mm-hmm. says, fellas, we've got ourselves a poltergeist. <gasps> and that means we've got to find the tether and destroy it. And he takes a little piece of marble he had in his hand and clenches his fist and squeezes it into powder. Where did you get that? From the the plateau where the destroyed statue was before. Oh, no, you didn't mess up my camera, did you? You had a camera there? <laughs> can we go check the camera? <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, the camera was, like, a couple busts down. Um, let's see. I don't see how a camera's going to be any help unless you had it wait the 20 minutes for the exposure to set in. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, what is the last year you remember? That's a very personal question. <laughs> Um, the camera which you, like, set up behind the head of Michael Buble. No! Which is <laughs> right there. Um, you, you can see it's sort of, like, right next to it, this little red light that shows that you're, you're very, like, you know, old-fashioned, uh, camcorder is, is still rolling. All right. I pop out the little thing where you can see what is being recorded. Oh, yeah. blimey, wait till the Lumiers get a load of this. <laughs> you, um, I thought that guy was a candlestick. Um, you watch it in the little screen where you see Virginia. Well, f- first of all, at the beginning of it, you see Fred setting it up carefully, making sure that it's lined up right. <laughs> I smile, thumbs up, and wink before I walk away. Yeah. Fred, the camera just loves you. A bit showboaty for my tastes. It's for me to watch. You fast forward through a few minutes of nothing happening and then get to the part where Virginia comes out and stands like in front. Her back is to the camera, um, but you can see her like addressing the crowd below and you can hear her. Um, And you see as she is like making this speech, you see a shadowy figure on the screen. Um, looks to be a woman with long hair, like fanned out around her shoulders and this wearing a long dress um, that looks like kind of similar to Virginia's, um, sweeps her way very quickly past the lens of the camera, heading in the direction of where the Meryl Street bust was. Um, A moment later, you see Virginia lift her glass and start to sing, and you see the statue head um, fly into view um, and past Virginia, and then down it drops out of sight into the crowd below. Um, You also, you noticed that the the ghostly figure... um, there was almost like like from right in the center of her head there was like a light um a like a white light like flickering from behind 
behind in the space in the middle of her head and her face was like the most corporeal looking part of her and then it it faded as it got closer to and this woman in case it's not clear definitely um was not visible in person like she's Mm. only showing up on the camera she was invisible it's not just that no one noticed her um you definitely would have been able to see her but she was not there oh okay and do i recognize it as being letitia silver yeah it's like a little bit like you don't know if you'd have recognized her if virginia hadn't already said that because she looks younger and there's this this pale like ghostly like her cheeks are very hollow her eyes are bloodshot her hair would never look that stringy or that wild but this something about the nose and the shape of the chin and the furrowed brow as she very quickly just moves past the camera that you're like oh yep so it's not her but like it is her but it's like a vibes thing you know like it's a it's a tribute all right and she she seems to clearly be targeting not just virginia but the whole the whole cast of that show when I was looking at that statue down there, I mean, there's no way that thing could have just happened to have landed right where Nathan was standing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think we're dealing with some targeted rage here. Well, it seems like someone's got a grudge. Well, that would make sense, given the history there, of course. And I know a thing or two about that. I crush another piece of marble into dust. Would you stop doing that? You're making a mess. And you know what else is funny? The man who ran the show himself, he's in here yet. I think. We should dig up some records about reviews of that original show and find out. Nope, this made more sense a minute ago. Hang on. <laughs> um, as as Melandru is standing there trying to to put the pieces together, um, you see the the front doors swing open again, and a a rather short man, balding a little bit, small glasses, um, wearing a very a very well-made suit and looking at a pocket watch, enters the room. Um, Melandru, you immediately recognize this as Jefferson Todd, Jefferson. the director known for his work on several, uh, you know, moderately well-received musicals, um, including Give Me an Auld Lang Sign, He's tacky, he's trade, and he once listed me as one of his biggest influences, and when I tell you that I have never been so embarrassed in my life. Um, behind him, sort of almost skulking in his shadow, is this taller, thin man who looks like a little bit, like he, he's almost nervous um, to be showing up here. Like he's sort of like looking around as if he thinks that maybe someone's going to kick him out immediately. Um, You, I think actually Ebenezer, you recognize that the first time you met Virginia, that this man was her personal assistant at that time. He was the one holding the clipboard and doing Leah's job. Um, And you remember that you didn't like him very much, Ebenezer. Um, You know, no surprise. Um, He took many liberties. He spoke very casually with his employer. Exactly. Um, Melandra, you probably recognize him as well. Oh, yeah. His name is... Tom, and he's sort of entering in Jefferson Todd's shadow, looking sort of nervous. Um, they they enter. Uh, you see people sort of do like turn to uh, Jefferson as he comes in, and are like, oh, like very celebratory. Um, you see Virginia um, like sweeps over to him um, and like kisses him on both cheeks. Um, Tom like 
takes the opportunity to, like, skulk around the edges of the ballroom, seemingly, like, avoiding Virginia. Is Tom good-looking? Eh, kind of. He, like, he probably would be good-looking in other contexts, but there are, like, a lot of very beautiful people at this party, Mm. um, which makes him seem less beautiful by comparison. Mm. Tragic. Well, that fellow looks proper suspicious, don't he? I don't know. I think he kind of looks just kind of pathetic. I mean, I would be too if I showed up in off-the-rack Armani. I'm thinking I'll go put the screws to him. Or should I say, put the Scrooge to him. Oh, whoa, whoa, what? (laughs) That's just a guy. For now. Come on, you see the way he was skulking? He was skulking. Yeah, I suppose he was skulking. You know, I'm gonna go say hello. And then you can Scrooge him. Me? No. Wait, no, who are you? Are you saying hello to Todd or to Tom? Virginia has captured Jefferson Todd in her orbit. Um, Tom split off from him to like sneak around the side of the uh, the foyer. I'm gonna set my camera back up, looking down on the foyer. Nice. Was Tom Virginia's assistant back when she was in the show? Does Melander uh, know? Not that long ago, question mark? Yeah, I think give me an all blank sign was quite a while ago. So okay. I think no, um, but he has, you do know he was her assistant for like a long time. Hmm, okay. Whereas Leah, you've never met before. Um, yeah, I'll try and catch Tom before he slinks off into the shadows, I suppose. Or actually, you know what? Scrooge can, whichever he wants to do. Fred will talk to anybody. Oh, I want to talk to the suspicious man. I don't like the looks of Jefferson. Too cheery. All right, but don't be accusatory, Ebenezer. I will be accusatory. Oh, this is going to go badly. Nope. We can't let him think that we're on to him. That's how these traps work. Why not? Oh, shoot. We forgot to set my trap. Who needs a trap? I have a gun. Whoa. Eb, it's a party. (laughs) And? You can't just shoot people. Rich people can do whatever we want. You're not rich. Oh, God, you're right. For a moment, I I forgot. I forgot that I was possessed briefly by ghosts who gave away my fortune. Now, remember, Ab, that wasn't... (laughs) That's my premise. That's why I'm still grouchy. (laughs) Thanks for explaining You can't be possessed by ghosts, Ebenezer. No, you'll understand when it happens to you, boy. I cannot tell you how many... Ghosts I've unmasked in the days. All right. They're just guys who want your money. It's not ghosts. Everyone's guys who want your money. Everybody on Earth. Oh, so everyone's a ghost, huh? No, ghosts are ghosts. Fred goes to punch uh, Melander through the stomach. (laughs) Oh. See? Your hand went right through him. What point do you think you just proved? (laughs) He said, ow. (laughs) He says, ow, when someone makes a loud noise, too. Yeah. Ow, stop. (laughs) You're just ruining the vibe. All right, well, don't come crying to me, boy, when Scraggy shows up in the middle of the night covered in chains, moaning about changing your ways or what have you. Scraggy likes my, well, liked my ways. Besides, Scraggy would never put himself in an unsavory situation, which we are currently in. Scraggy and Skeevy, (laughs) they're out of there. First chance they get. I was the one who kept him in line, you know. Mm, you know it would be savory in this situation. No pudding. Some Yorkshire pudding, please! <laughs> I don't want to have to ask again! No one brings you Yorkshire pudding. However, as you guys are having this discussion, um, Fred, all of a sudden you feel someone tap you on the shoulder. Yes! Um, it's one of the influencers with their camera up. Um, oh, hi. This, like, youth. 
with kind of like perfect hair and, you know, artfully done contouring. Is it as perfect as mine? Um, not quite as perfect as yours, okay, no. nice. But art artfully done contouring. And they're like, oh my God, are you, sorry, are you Fred Bones? <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. I'm Fred. Nice to meet you. What's your name? <gasps> Guys, I was right. They call over their shoulder, like at the other, the other influencers who all kind of like descend like a flock oh, um, on you guys. Um, you do see Scrooge and Melandrew. Uh, Tom is continuing to like sneak around the room as if he's going somewhere. Behind this kid's head, I like snap in the direction of Tom and look at Scrooge. I share a meaningful glance with Melandrew and then start walking towards Tom. Kay. Did we just have a moment? Don't make it more than it has to be, all right? <laughs> the influencer's like, hi, I'm Max. Um, Max, nice to meet you. These are my friends and rattles off like a list of 10 names um, that all kind of blend together. Fred points at each one as they're named and like- Also, I trip one of the influencers with my walking stick as I'm leaving. <laughs> Great. And I catch them gracefully by the arm. Wow. <laughs> um, she sort of like giggles um, and uh, the Max, who seems to be the head in this situation, is like, you're, you're friends with Skeevy-Doo? Fred's smile sort of droops a little bit. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, Skeevy and I were colleagues wow. for, for quite a few years, but you know, I'm, oh I'm my out. God. I have my own group <gasps> now, actually. Like, did you ever, did you ever get to feed him the Skeevy snacks? Yes. Uh, actually, I wow. was I was responsible for for the skeevy snacks whenever we were whenever wow. we were out on a on a mission. Um, yeah. Did you ever so, try one? What did they taste like? Oh no, I'm a person. Well, I guess Scraggy <laughs> ate them too, but that's Scraggy. You know what are you gonna do? Wow, I love Scraggy. He's oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, listen. Everybody loves Skeevy doing Scrabby Poggers, but I was the leader. <laughs> If you think about it, oh, were you? I don't know if anything. If, if it weren't for me and 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 I get well, me and Kathy and Thelma. The I always kind of thought that like Thelma was the leader, really. <laughs> Binky, like, you know, she was the smart one. She was the one who like you know. <laughs> Binky the leader? I mean, like the you know, she was the smart one. I mean, I mean, we all had our roles in the group for sure. Yeah. What What was your role? I was the guy who did the traps, and the leader. Listen, I always said, hey, gang, let's split up. And then we split up according to my leadership. Wow. And then we all found clues also according to my leadership. And then we would always get our villain caught in a trap. And then we'd unmask him. And yes, Thelma may have done some of the reasoning behind who we're unmasking and why. But I was the one who always pulled it off the head. Well, a lot, a lot of times I pulled it off their head. I heard a rumor that you guys like aren't friends anymore. <laughs> no. Oh man, no. Those guys are they're they're like we're like a family, you know? When you when you come together in that situation then how come, like nobody's and, and you do that together for so long and you're you know you're in the public eye like that, you kinda just you have to form those sort of bonds. Then how come we're just on a hiatus right now. Oh, okay. So like a mutual thing? Oh yeah, yeah. We're just we're just taking a little break, exploring our solo careers for a little bit. Uh mine I've I've actually got my own my own group going now. My a new one. We we actually were hired to come to this party. Um, wow! I mean, we were invited to this party. Oh, were you? Are you investigating why the statue just like fell off the wall and went flying toward people? Oh, uh, Fred sort of like adjusts his silk tie, his blue tie. We're here just to 
mingle and also to solve a mystery. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm getting so many views on that already. One of them like holds up her phone and it's like, it is like people love, you know, fancy party, bunch of rich people and a statue goes flying off the wall. I mean, everyone's saying it's a stunt, but like, I don't know. Um, oh, can I see? Yeah, it shows you. Is there anything in their video that's like different from ours? Um, no, there is not. There is just, you can't, you see like maybe like a little bit of a flicker of movement because you know where to look for it, but it's not nearly as a defined specter like the one on your. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, could you tag that paranormal investigators uh, support s- uh, services? Uh, roll manipulate someone. <laughs> they do not want to do this. Uh, no, 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 no. Ac- j- uh, you got to type the whole thing out. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I rolled a 10. Okay, great. Um, yeah, the the girly who's who's typing in is like, oh yeah, for sure, and tags and goes to try to type the acronym, and you quickly correct her to, to spell it out. Um, uh, no, actually, that uh, no, it's just it's just the full the full name. It would be great. Thank you. She she tags your I don't know Instagram account or TikTok account. I don't know what kind of social medias you guys are keeping up. Yeah, unfortunately, there were too many characters for us to use the full name as our handle. So our handle is P I S Services. Sure, yeah, for sure. Oh, and you can tag me, Fred Bones. Wow, I will definitely tag Fred Bones. She tags you, um, and then she goes through and starts tagging the other members of your gang, even though they are not in no, this video. No, they're not they're not part of paranormal investigative support services. Right, but like that'll get me more that'll get me more clicks. So. Well, I, I mean, individually, I have more views, more followers than anyone but Skeevy and Kathy. Wow. <laughs> so not really, you know? Every, I mean, everyone just follows all of us. Right, right, well, yeah. I just don't, you know, like, hey, they're doing their own thing. I don't want them to be reminded that I'm off doing my own thing and have it feel like some weird competitive thing because we're all just buddies. Oh, so it is, so it is kind of awkward. What? All the cameras get shoved toward you. <laughs> Listen, gang. So it is, it is kind of awkward? No, it's not. I just don't want them to feel bad about my success because right now wow. we're not a group. We're on hiatus. That's beautiful. So, yeah, no, we're great, okay? Really nice to meet you guys. Uh, I have to go uh, investigate the paranormal. Two thumbs up, Fred walks way backwards. <laughs> you, you make a hasty exit back into the crowd. Uh, meanwhile, Scrooge and Melandrew, uh, you follow Tom who like moves around the outside of this foyer and looks like he's going to go up the stairs. Um, are you, how, how far do you let him get? What do, you, what do you think? I say we let him keep going until he does something incriminating, eh? And just follow him? Oh my god, okay. Right, you know how the help are. He, he might just be stealing some silver from upstairs, but maybe he's going to do poltergeist stuff. Ebby, have you ever considered not being a classist little shit? No, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> well, with the exception of those two brief days where I was possessed by ghosts. Mm-hmm. And they made me act like a nice person. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think of it. Don't you ever get tired? Yes, I'm very old. I know. We're actually approaching my bedtime at the moment. Um, the two of you follow as Tom, Tom like, goes upstairs. You see him kind of, like, pause and look at the Meryl Streep, the space where the Meryl Streep bust was. Aha! He just sort of, like, looks at it. He doesn't do anything he has a sort of like a frown and a furrowed brow and then he starts to like move back 
toward the hallways. Like back the way he came? No, 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 no. Like back, like in the vague direction of Virginia's dressing room. I, I say we keep following. You follow behind. I'll follow ahead. I'm going to uh, use my ability incorporeal to uh, pass through the walls to beat him there. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's cheating. You start shifting through the walls. Um, as you do, and Scrooge, as you're following, you notice that, like, once he gets, like, away from the the main area of the party, and once you get back into these, like, quiet hallways, there is, like, a fog seeping up from the ground back here. Almost looks like dry ice. Um, this, like, low, heavy roiling fog um, that is just like rising up from the floor, like from the carpet. Um, it is uh, like starting to fill the the hallways. Um, can I have you both roll? You can use either sharp or cool to not get lost in this fog. Nine. Four. Okay. Scrooge. Um, the fog is just too too reminiscent of what you've experienced before. Um, you you remember the confusing ways that ghosts can play with your head, the visions they can make you see. You're almost you're almost starting to see them now, like rising out of the fog towards no, you. Images no. of of a humble but happy family around their kitchen table. Oh. Images of your childhood and dancing with oh so saccharine your fellow employees and I don't remember the Christmas. This girl out well. Um, but Kermit you... the Frog is there. <laughs> yeah. Why, there's old Mr. Fezziwig. No, no! Um, and you just, you, you're completely, completely turned around. You've lost your way and you've lost your target. If I see my own grave, I swear to God, I'm going to freak out. Uh, Melandrew, you, like, sort of, uh... Uh, you're 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 not quite lost, but like you come out of the wall and are just surrounded by this fog, and you have this moment of like, ah, shit! Like, where where am I? Where was I going? And then you see that uh, Tom almost like runs directly into you. Essentially, you have the mixed success. You didn't lose him, but you did sort of lose your element of surprise as he just like runs right into you in the hallway and is like, ah, what? What are you pissing all by yourself, handsome? Wow, what? What is that supposed to mean? Why am I being hit on by a ghost? Are you a ghost? Are you the poltergeist? Am I, am I a... I am Melandrew Boyd Weber, notable composer of many of Broadway's finest off-Broadway shows. So you are a ghost, because you're definitely dead. <laughs> right, right, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. Keeping it on the down low in this foggy hallway. I'm sorry, why are you... This is not what I expected. Somewhere in the distance you hear, Save me from these vision spirits! Leave me be! <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, taking care of a few things for Miss Albrecht, of course. Um, you know, close personal mm. friend. I'm just wondering, you know... Don't I know all about that? Perhaps why such a handsome young man like yourself is wandering off alone back here in the middle of the party. Well, I hate to, uh... I, I I have a feeling that something is something is afoot. Something isn't right here. Uh huh. That's uh huh. Well, and why should I tell? That's all, that's all you got. Why should I tell a, a random ghost standing in the back of a hallway? I'm not a random ghost. I'm a Tony Award-winning ghost. First of all, um, why should I tell a Tony Award-winning ghost standing in a shadowy hallway? Well, 
Oh, you came with Jefferson. So you were late, so you missed the part where the bust of Meryl Streep almost assassinated Nathan Rook. Mm, I did notice that it was missing from its honored spot. Right. Virginia would never let that happen. Of course. Yeah, no, so that's not a hot take that you're giving me that something is afoot. Something is indeed afoot. Um, and it's just, I just, I just think it's funny that you, you know, were apparently fired or severed or no longer enjoying a working relationship with Ginny and yet you are here and you are skulking around the back rooms so how about you give me a really good explanation for like why you're doing this before I you know do some sort of ghostly antics and scream and let her know that you're here um Nani will you roll manipulate someone for me I will I'll never do philanthropy (laughs) you can't make me that's charm right yes that's a six. Mm. So can I spend a luck? You can. If you'd like to spend your luck, you will just, that, that makes it a 12 and you succeed fully. Um, but then that's your, your one luck for this uh, mystery. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. Um, cool. So you, you see him sort of like glance over his shoulder, partly to where Scrooge is still kind of like, Scrooge's screams are echoing through the hallways. Um don't worry about the senile old man. He's just a senile old man. Fine, fine. Virginia, um... I've got a gun and I'm gonna use it soon! <laughs> he does have a gun. Great, great. Uh, let's talk fast then. Uh, Virginia was... Her career isn't, uh... It isn't doing so well. She, um... She's, she's been... Uh, it's it's difficult for her to still get the roles she wanted, and she keeps waiting for someone to reach out to her to sort of center her in one of those revivals where she doesn't have to dance very much, but everybody claps when she comes on stage. And but she does the 11 o'clock number, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what she wants, but nobody has cast her in that yet. And um, she kept coming to me, wanting me to come up with creative ideas for how to get her cast. And I was like, that's not really my job. I'm just supposed to keep track of your calendar. But she was like, you're supposed to help me with everything. And this is keeping track of my calendar, would be getting me a show. And so, because I wasn't coming up with enough creative ideas for how to get her get the public interested in her again I get fired and then out of nowhere she hires this random new PA and then right before her New Year's Eve party somebody she calls in a team of ghost investigators I mean there was a it just, it seemed to me like like a ghost haunting her right now was maybe the most convenient thing that could happen to her don't you think? You think it's a publicity stunt? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You hear a gunshot down the hall. Oh my god, Abby, I will be with you in like two <laughs> seconds. Please hold <gasps> on. My, my associate, you know, he gets, he has trouble with pudding. Um, bah, humbug! So, Hannah, does this guy seem genuine? Does this seem like a genuine admission? Uh, you think it seems pretty genuine he's a little bit of a nervy guy his hands are kind of shaking and he's like looking over his shoulders and his eyes are kind of darting around um but it's a kind of a a nerve making situation and you really you can't think of like why else he would be up here so you know you could kind of make your own judgment call but it's not uh 
it doesn't come across as an outright lie. Like he doesn't seem to be just bald faced lying to you, but he certainly does have a reason to be holding a grudge. No, I believe him. And I am in fact completely sold on the idea that she actually has done this herself um, because she perhaps made a deal with a, a devil or something of that such like in order to you know, kind of like a Toby bicycle situation um, in order to fuel her revival. But unfortunately, such deals often yes. go poorly. Toby bicycle from the from the 1500s. We're all familiar. Right. <laughs> Noted historical figure. Noted exactly. historical figure, Toby bicycle. He was a famous actor. <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, we've already been around back here investigating paranormally, as we do. Um, we are an elite team-ish Um, So how about you come back out with me and we can reconnect with the rest of my team and kind of bring our new information to light and uh, figure out what we can do from here. I think you could be a very valuable asset. And I steer him towards where Ebenezer's voice is coming from. Um, Yeah, you you steer him. Uh, Bell! Bell, where are you? (laughs) Ebenezer, you see like figures looming at you out of the fog. No, Um, No, not again. This can't be happening. And then a a spectral figure in a mask comes toward you through the fog. Um, Jacob! No! No, not again! I've asked you to stop calling me Jacob when we're... Never mind. What? It's me. Tom emerges behind Melandru looking nervous. Melandru! Oh my god, I never thought I'd be happy to see you. No. I've had the most disturbing visions. Yeah, have you figured out what all this um vape juice is? Uh I learned that from the TikTokers downstairs. Scrooge looks around sheepishly, and he is holding a smoking gun. <laughs> But like an extremely old-timey gun. It's like a blunderbuss with the comically large opening at the end of the muzzle. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, he stuffs it back into his coat, even though it's too big to fit in there realistically. Oh, no, I was a bit preoccupied by the aforementioned visions. Ah, but I don't know. Maybe I can figure it out. Ah, Hannah, question. Yes. Can I use magic? Like, do you have to be one of the specific playbooks to use magic? No, you or can don't. anyone use magic? Anybody can use magic. Okay. Uh, and I reach into my coat, and instead of a blunderbuss, I pull out a dented golden candlestick. Mm. Uh, so I remember this. This candlestick had a candle that was burning in my room the night that the spirits visited me. And I think it's it's retained some magic energy or what have you. I don't know. I don't follow the details. But maybe I can use it to detect what's going on maybe this smoke can lead us to the ghost so we can destroy it like it deserves uh and i would like to light the candle and use magic to detect the source of this fog yeah um go ahead and and roll for use magic eight okay so that is that is a mixed success how that works with use magic is that you get to Choose the effect you want, which is to kind of find where the fog is coming from or like where where the, the heart of this is. Um, but with a mixed success, you also need to choose a glitch. Your options are uh, the effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention or it has a problematic side effect. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it attracts unwanted attention. 
Okay. Although maybe that's the gunshot that attracts the attention. Unwanted attention? Next thing you're going to be telling me there's such thing as bad press. Um, you, Ebenezer, you take your candlestick in your hand, um, hold it up kind of like in this fog, um, trying to discern where this is coming from. The, the, the ever-burning flame at the top of this candlestick turns blue, um, and then it sort of, like, puffs out this burst of flame that kind of, like, coils around all of you, and it's just this, this bright flash of light. Oh, fuck, it's never done that before! <laughs> accompanied by, like, a loud snapping sound in this hole. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, Tom, like, jumps back, flattens himself against the wall. Um, Melandru, it passes harmlessly through you, and Scrooge, it just sort of curves Ow. around you. And when the light, like, fades, um, you see that it is like there's like an illuminated trail um leading from your candle like through the fog um like a a thread that you could follow Uh aha however before you can do anything about this um you hear high-heeled shoes coming toward you at a, a very quick clip across the carpet and uh leah rounds the corner. Um, she's accompanied by someone that Melandru recognizes as Chrissy Jacobs, the talent scout, um, as well as like a couple of, uh, like a couple of like the caterers, all, all sort of like round, round the corner. And Leah is like, what the hell is going on back here? Why are you not? I mean, I guess I assume you're doing some sort of like ghost investigating, but Tom, what are you, you were not invited. And Tom's like, <clears throat> Mr. Todd brought me as his plus one. He was allowed to bring a plus one. <laughs> and Leah's like, Virginia is not going to be happy that you're here. You are not supposed to be in this house. Let's, uh, I mean, I guess I suppose you can do whatever you need to do. She kind of like gestures at you, but you really should, you know, I feel like you're supposed to be, you know, at the party doing this whole thing. Um, and you, Tom, need to come with me. I'm sorry. I don't much like parties. I thought that we, uh, as per Miss Albrecht herself, um, had the, and I quote, run of the house in order to uh, ensure that everything was taken care of. And this fine gentleman right here is in fact an independent contractor who is supporting us. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He, he didn't come in with you. Well, he's here now and he's with us now, so... Tom is like, <clears throat> yes, I'm a ghost hunter, paranormal mm-hmm. investigator. Mm-hmm. Let's just say hireling for now. Intern. <laughs> yeah, I'm an intern. I'm a, I'm a personal assistant. You know oh, that. Oh, good, good. Those can be unpaid. I like that. Leah, like, frowns at you all and is kind of like, <sighs> I don't have time for this right now. Tom, I'm, I'm going to be telling, telling Miss Albrecht that you're here. Um, and she, like, spins on her heel and heads back out toward the party. Uh, Chrissy, like, waves at you a little, Melandru, and then follows Leah. As do the random caterers that she had with her for whatever reason. Um, we are at this point going to cut back to the party because time has now elapsed. Uh, the three of you are left standing in the hallway with this glowing trail. Um, it's now about, like, 9 p.m., um, Fred, your associates have abandoned you, but you managed to escape from the teens. Yeah. 
I wanted to go after uh, Mr. Todd and Miss Albrecht. Yes, you are able to do that. Um, Jefferson Todd and Virginia Albrecht are, are speaking kind of in like, they're, they're doing the high-pitched laugh and Virginia's like, oh, I'm so Grandiose glad you old. showed up just on time. And just as you approach Fred, you can hear that uh, Jefferson saying like, I was just shocked to hear that you fired Tom. Um, and Virginia's like, oh, you know, he was great. He was great. But the uh, we had different goals, you know, we had different goals and it was just time Time to move on. It's at this point that you walk up, Fred. Okay. I just sort of like hang back for a second, act like I'm just admiring the the decor <laughs> around them, see if they're going to say anything else interesting. And if they don't, then... Virginia does, like, as soon as she notices you, she's kind of like, oh, you must meet Jefferson. Come here, Fred. Um, holds out her hand to you and kind of like pulls you in. Fred rushes over. This is Fred Bones. Uh, you probably have heard of him. And Jefferson's like, Mwah. I don't pay attention to that sort of thing. That sort of thing? But it's 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 nice to meet you. Um, he sticks out a hand. Fred shakes it. Jefferson Todd is a pretty limp handshake, you discover as you shake his hand. <laughs> uh, Fred very surreptitiously wipes his hand off on his pants afterwards because it was a little clammy. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan, Mr. Todd. Ugh. I've followed your work for a while now. Thank you. Well, mainly thanks to Miss Virginia here. Ah, uh, it's true, it's true, couldn't have done. She was your muse for quite some time. Give me an odd lang sign, simply wouldn't have been what it was without you. Yeah. And Virginia's like, oh, stop it, stop it. What was it that, I mean, we all know she's beautiful, but what was that spark for her? What? How, how did you know that she would be the perfect one? I can just tell, I can just tell. Every time. I've got a, a an ear for it. There's a special quality to a singer's voice and a special twinkle in their eye. And nobody else, nobody could match it. Did you ever even consider anyone else? Uh, you know, there were some, of course. I mean, there were other, other very talented actresses that I'd worked with. Uh, Letitia Silver, for one. But once I heard Virginia sing... I mean, it was her or no one else. Mm. Well, you know, you missed it right before you came tonight. Virginia actually sang us a little of the <gasps> the solo. Did you? Well, I am sorry that I missed it. I don't suppose you'd sing it again, um, he says to her. And she's sort of like, oh, <gasps> I couldn't possibly. Okay. Um, and she <laughs> like... <clears throat> clears her throat and sort of like shakes out her shoulders and rolls her shoulders back and begins to sing this this ballad about how she's going to a New Year's Eve party and she doesn't have a date. Mm -hmm. um, and she makes it through a couple of notes. Um, Fred, yes. you hear like behind Virginia's voice as you're kind of watching Jefferson to see his reaction as, you, as you're looking around, um, you hear a creaking noise coming from above. And a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, you don't hear the gunshots. It's weird. But you do hear a loud creaking noise coming from above you. I look up. Uh, the the chandelier is uh, it's swinging dangerously. She's singing to bring down the chandelier. Uh, Fred blows a little kiss up into the air for Melandru at that one. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, Miss Albrecht? What? What? I think. What? She's like, what? What, Fred? <laughs> Sorry, I, 
your voice is so lovely. Mm. But I actually, I was hoping you could introduce Mr. Todd to the rest of my my fellows, as it were. Oh, of course, of course. You simply, I mean, I, I know you've, I'm sure you've met Belandru, but uh, the, his, his companion, Mr. Scrooge, is also, you know, quite, quite a character. Fred's sort of ushering us away from under the chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the chandelier is still swaying quite a bit, and you see that people are kind of, like, looking up at it a little nervously and starting to move out from under it, but when Virginia stops singing, it sort of settles a bit. Mm. Mm. You you move them out from under the chandelier. It's a kind of, like, around this point, you know, Fred's been mingling, that you see Fred as you're looking up toward where you know Melandru and Scrooge went, um, you see Leah and Chrissy um, kind of like rush rush out from these back hallways, um, sort of engaged in hushed conversation between the two of them. And then they sort of split up and Leah like comes around and down the stairs um, and starts heading towards the group of you. When I see her coming towards us, I, oh, I'm so sorry, folks. You know, Miss Albrecht told us to ask Leah if we had any questions, and it looks like perhaps my fellows might have found something, so I gotta go talk to her real quick, all right? I'll be right back with you guys. And I run up to Leah, and I grab her by the arm, and I turn her right around, and I'm like, Hi! Uh, What's going on? Hi, Fred. What's going on with you? Great party. Yup. Um, listen. So... There's just a little chaos going around in this room, so I figured if we're going to talk, we might want to do it up where, you know, we can actually hear each other. Like if I'm going to talk to you? I mean, I assume that's why you're coming down. No, I'm going to talk to Miss Albrecht. Excuse me. Oh, well, she's with Mr. Todd. I don't let her, I don't let go of her. She tries to pull away from you. You don't let go. She, like, looks into your very polite, smiling, uh, (laughs) all-American face, and she's like, what's going on here? I was really hoping you were going to tell me. Why don't why don't we go over towards I gesture over towards like in front of the, like the bus from up before on like the balcony area or whatever. I have a couple questions that you might not want to answer in front of your employer. Okay. Sure. Let's talk. Fred's flying by the seat of his pants. You and Leah go up kind of up by the camera at the top of this yes. this balcony. Um cool. I'll cut back over to the hallway then. Um, the three of you, uh, Ebenezer, Melandru, and Tom, are now standing in this foggy <laughs> hallway that has, like, a, a light trail, like a neon pathway cutting right through it. Right then, let's go see what's what, eh? Should we pick up Fred first? I suppose. I don't like him being out there all alone. Uh, fine. I float through walls to pop out onto the balcony and probably run almost directly into them. I say to Tom, it's very annoying when he does that. Yeah, uh, Melandru pops out of the wall right next to the two of you. Wow! There he is! We were just talking about you, buddy! Hey, Hannah, quick question. Mm-hmm. Who was it who Leah was coming down the stairs with again? Which person? Um, Chrissy. And Chrissy, like, split off from her. Okay, interesting. Good to know. Leah is sort of, like, standing there with Fred. She's got her, her arms crossed, her clipboard still, you know, like, folded against her chest. Um... As she sees Scrooge and Tom kind of, like, around the corner, she's like, I thought you were ghost hunting. She's sort of, like, looking around at the four of you as she now seems to assume that Tom is part of your group, or at least that's what she's been told. Oh, who's this? Oh, I- Tom! Hi. Yeah, I'm Tom. Um, former personal assistant. He's all unpaid intern. Yep. That's me, unpaid intern for the... Wow, my own intern. Society. 
Yeah, now, Fred, honey, darling, I am so sorry to pull you away from what looks like an enrapturing conversation with a beautiful young woman, but we uh, do have a little bit of business going on. Oh, yeah, no, I figured uh, it'd be better off to have Leo with us as someone who knows her way around here, you know? Um, I feel like Melandru and Fred engage in a heated eyeballs-only conversation <laughs> yeah. for the next 30 <laughs> seconds of, like, <laughs> is, is the, are we... Sus- we're suspicious of her. Oh, so we're we're keeping her with us. So, so why are you bringing Tom around? The the camera is cutting back and forth between close-ups on the two of you, just eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do, do these two not like each other? There's one close-up of Scrooge's eyes, and he's just squinting angrily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I think that it would be very helpful to have somebody who knows the place along with us. Yeah. So, Leah, I'm All sure. All right. You fine. Don't mind. What? Fine. Fine. What are you looking for precisely? Well, we're just gonna follow the yellow brick road, as it were. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow brick road. Did you guys find something? Oh boy, did we! Leah, write that down. She's like, I'm not your secretary. Oh, well, Miss Albrecht said we had the run of the house, and aren't you kind of in charge of the house? What? No. I'm not, like, a part of the house. Eh. She she just sort of gestures over her shoulder, and she's like, let's go. Um, Tom, Tom, you're getting all this, right? <laughs> Tom has out his own, like, mini clipboard that he seems to have brought with him for some reason, and is, like, wow. writing stuff down. Good lad. Miss Albrecht sure does know how to pick him. Yeah, he's not being shy about his, so you can see that he's got, like, a calendar on there that he's keeping track of someone's schedule. You're not sure whose. Mm, awful lot of days off on there. Oh, dear Leah, I'm so sorry. Did Was there something that you needed to, to talk about? You mentioned something when you were going down the stairs. Yeah, I was just going to tell Miss Albrecht that Tom, who is not supposed to be here, is here. But uh, he's not supposed to be we're here. just cool with that because he's your intern, so... Exactly. Oh, yeah, no, we were invited. Fucking whatever. Right, so let's all just stop yapping our gums and get upstairs. Fred, Fred does another quick, like, eye conversation with uh, Melandru and Scrooge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. This time, one of Scrooge's eyes is twitching. <laughs> Fred looks a little confused because he doesn't know what that signal means, but... Oh, that that means he needs to change his depends. Mm. You guys walk, accompanied by Leah and Tom, um, you walk into the hallway again. You can see now, Fred, there is like this blue string through the fog, like leading somewhere, glowing faintly, looking a little bit like the light from Scrooge's candle looked. I march after it. Yeah, um, Leah sort of like, she's like, all right, you wanted me to lead you through the house. Let's go. And starts kind of like following the string. Have you ever seen anything like this fog before? No. Well, yes, actually, because a couple of days ago, it started filling all of the hallways. And really? Miss Albrecht was like, oh, we're being haunted. And I was like, yeah, we probably are. This seems consistent with a haunting. So what about the fog made you think haunting? The sudden appearance out of nowhere? Plus, we'd already I been- I mean, isn't that kind of how fog works? Inside a house? We'd already been experiencing, like, you know, silverware flying out of drawers across the room, and mirrors oh, like breaking, and mysterious singing through the halls that wasn't Miss Aubrecht's, and- No, I imagine more than a little silverware flying out of the drawers and into your purse, eh? <laughs> Abby! <laughs> I'm just saying, this is why I always made sure to search Cratchit every night. I mean, hey, she's an old starlet. She doesn't have an old fog machine lying around. Um, you sure it couldn't have just malfunctioned? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, 
I guess it's possible, but, like, uh, not that I really knew of. I mean, it certainly seemed like, you know, there was a haunting. So. Right. I'm sorry, are you, is your current theory that, like, there's no ghost? Oh, there's never a ghost, Leah. It's always just some disappointed guy. <gasps> Ow! Right. <laughs> In some cases, it's both. You've been here how long again? Working for Miss Albrecht? Um, three months? Three months. Right after Tom got fired. And Tom is like, we can say let go. No bitter feelings about that, right, Tom? No, not at all. Yes, I have bitter <laughs> feelings. Of course I have bitter feelings. Hmm. All my feelings are bitter. I love you. You're so passionate. A man after me own heart. <laughs> well, Tom, that's a point against you. It's a point against me? I'm winning points now? Yes, that's what we pay in. Sounds more like you're losing them. <clears throat> um, you better toe the line, intern. Uh, right. But the, the haunting just started a week ago. Yeah. Was there anyone around at the time who was unhappy? Uh. I mean, besides you working all the time, I know how that can be. No, I'm... Purifying for the soul <laughs> is how it can be. Thank you very much. Yeah. This guy gets it. Um... Yeah, not not that I can think of. I mean, uh, I don't know. Miss Aubrecht was nervous about the New Year's Eve party, but she's always nervous about the New Year's Eve party. She was nervous about the New Year's Eve party, you know, back in September. Um, and that's, have you been planning for this the whole time? Yeah, basically. Um, there's been quite a lot of that. Tom goes, was she asking you, has she been asking you to find her jobs and be creative? And Leah's like, yeah, that's why I invited a whole bunch of kids with TikTok cameras to hopefully, you know... Oh, cell phones. Get her in the public eye a little bit. Yeah, I, I know what <laughs> cell phones are. I was drawing attention to the relevant part. Also... Sorry, cell phones? Yes. Uh, but... Fred pulls out his camera and takes a selfie of the, the five of us. <laughs> anyway. Does everyone look normal on camera? Oh god, I hope so. I mean, Melandru, I don't know how Melandru usually <laughs> is on cameras. Um, he looks scary, but, okay. you know, that's pretty normal. Oh my god, delete that, I look haggard. You do, Fred, as you, like, lower the camera, though, um, you guys are now, like, in these maze-like hallways with this, like, waist-deep fog. You would be definitely be at risk of getting lost, if not for the string of Ebenezer's spell that you guys are all following. Um, as you turn, like, one more corner following the string, um, you see that it goes a little bit further down the hallway and then disappears under a door. Hmm. You guys start to, like, move toward it. You basically have just, just gotten into the hallway enough to notice it, um, when there is a, a faint humming noise kind of coming from the hallways around you. You see Leah's eyes, like, get big. And she has this this moment where she looks, like, absolutely terrified. Um, Tom also looks very terrified, but not quite as much. Like, he's just kind of like, oh, weird singing. Um, whereas Leah is immediately, like, very on edge. You hear the, these these faint notes drifting from, from around you. And you see, like, some of the fog between you and where the, uh, string goes under the door. Some of the fog lifts up 
moving in that sort of heavy way that dry ice moves and you see it lift up and become the shape of a woman in a dress with her hair kind of floating around her head in this glowing center coming from behind her eyes. Um, and she opens up her mouth and lets out this piercing like high note. Um, just like holding it, the, the sound waves reverberate and move the fog. And when it hits you guys, it is like this, this slamming wave of sound. Everyone takes two harm as this wave of sound slams into you. Uh, two harm, ignore armor, um, because it is a, a magic effect rather than a physical altercation. I still only take one harm. Great. Why? Because I am immortal. Ah, yes, true. So you take one harm from being immortal. Uh, Tom and Leah both take two harm as well. Um, and you guys are free to act. What do you guys do? Oh, I've had enough of your potent guys tricks. And I'm charging at the ghost. <laughs> Great. Just gonna, I'm gonna attack it. Yeah, go ahead and roll kick some ass. As I run, I grab my coat and just toss it off and it's fluttering in the air behind me. And you see a couple things. One, I'm wearing, like, an extremely modern Kevlar vest underneath it. <laughs> Two, Scrooge is way more jacked than you expected. Oh, God. <laughs> Good. He has glistening muscles that you can see because uh, he's also wear just wearing a vest, no sleeves. And he pulls out his golden candlestick again and just rushes at the ghost and swings it at her. Yeah, awesome. And that's an 11. Nice. Jesus. Nice. <laughs> okay. So you inflict your harm on her, and then you also get to choose an extra effect. Um, yeah, the, the way that kick some ass works in this game, the kick some ass move is the main fighting move. And basically you inflict harm on the thing and the thing inflicts harm back on you, even on a success. But on a success, you get to choose like an extra thing that you do to it. So that's how that works. Okay. Can I use the you force them where you want them effect to somehow keep the poltergeist from just disappearing elsewhere in the house, just somehow anchor it here so we can actually fight it face-to-face. Mm. -face. Does that fall under that purview? Um, you can, although before you do, I'll tell you information that Scrooge would just know, which is that you have, you still have not, every monster in this game has a weakness and you can't kill it without dealing the weakness. Mm, so we need the tether. Exactly, you know that you need to break the tether. Before it will be useful to kill the poltergeist. In that case, I'm going to say I suffer less harm. Okay, cool. And how much harm do you inflict? Uh, four. Nice. Wow. With my signature weapon that does a lot of damage to ghosts. Yeah. I know how to deal with your kind. Um, you see that she sort of like shrieks at you as you come and swing this candlestick at her. Um, and as as she shrieks, there is like this sconce on the wall that falls off and comes flying toward you. Um, it hits you in the shoulder, kind of bouncing off your vest a little bit. Um, you would take three harm from this. Your armor subtracts one and then suffering less harm subtracts another. So you only take one harm. <laughs> nice shrieking. Too bad for you. I didn't bring my ear horn. <laughs> um, Melandru or Fred, what would you like to do? Uh, she she came out in front of the closed door where the string leads to? Yeah, she's in between you and the closed door. Yeah. Can I act under pressure to 
open the door behind her and dash through? Um, yes, you have to, you can kind of like shimmy around her while she's fighting with uh, Scrooge and get to the door. Um, go ahead and roll act under pressure. Yeah. All right, that is going to be a 10 even. Perfect. Um, yeah, you do what you set out to do. You are able to squeeze right past to where Scrooge <laughs> and this poltergeist are battling. Um, this lit candlestick waving in the air. Be right back. Leave this to me, boy. It's personal. Um, and you uh, run right to the door. Um, you grab the doorknob, turn it. It is locked. And as you kind of like pull back and look at the door, you see that there is a nameplate that reads Leah Sutherland, personal assistant. I stick my hand out to Leah. Um, she is at the far end of the hallway with Melandrew. Uh, Melandrew, you are, you have not acted yet, so you are standing there right with her. She and Tom both look like they're going to bolt in opposite directions. They are both like readying themselves to run. Melandrew, her keys! Um, okay, so I'm going to, I, I basically want to, like, if Tom bolts because he's scared, that's fine. But I'm like, oh no, you don't, to Leah. <laughs> uh-huh. And... I want to shove her towards the door, basically. Yeah. So I have I have a magical force attack. Uh, would that be relevant here? Hmm. Hey, Hannah. What kind of lock was it? Was it a deadbolt or was it just like a handle lock? It is just like a handle lock. There is a little keyhole. Cool. Um, um, tell you what, I will say roll act under pressure, but if you'd like, like if you're just, if you're, being ghosty about it and are trying to kind of like freeze her in place or something like that, then you can use magic. Okay. That's, I think that's what I would like to do is like basically use like my, my freeze and shove ghost ability. Awesome. Yeah. You can go ahead and roll use magic. The ah ha 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 ha. Uh, eight. Okay. What glitch would you like it to have? It can be a weakened effect, short duration. You take one harm. It draws immediate unwelcome attention, or there's a quote problematic side effect. Um, if I take one harm, but then I automatically, whenever I suffer harm, I suffer one harm less. That's a. <laughs> Is that broken? Yeah, hold, I think that's just synergy. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't. Cause it's you are immortal. What could she do to you? It's ignore armor magic, which will bypass most restrictions, but I don't think it bypasses immortal. So yeah, you can do it. You take that glitch and you suffer no harm. Perfect. So she like tries to like hurt me back or something, or it tries to hurt me. I'm just like, ow, and nothing happens. (laughs) What is it? Was there a loud noise? You see Leah and Tom both, like I said, they turn to bolt in opposite directions. Tom just takes off down the hallway. um, Kind of- This will be coming out of your salary, boy! Screaming a little bit in like a faint, kind of pathetic way, like, ah! Um, Leah starts to run in the opposite direction, but you, Melandry, just sort of reach out a hand, um, and these like ghostly flames like wreath around her shoulders, um, almost like a lasso, kind of like holding her in place. And she sort of, she like spins around to face you and she's like, there's a fucking ghost. What do you want from me? I, I'm right here. I have a name. <laughs> Anyways, give us the keys because why is the thing in your office? And also, you definitely okay. Here, no, no, no. Here, guys. I wait. I wanna. I wanna make a guess. I wanna make a guess. Okay. So what I'm thinking is happening here. <laughs> the right? poltergeist turns to listen. <laughs> yes. So, hi, honey. What I'm thinking is happening here, right, is that um, 
So when Tom was fired, you were hired in order to uh, get Ginny uh, jobs and all of that. And so you got to scheming with that skank bitch Chrissy Jacobs. And so you were like trying to do a thing where like you like it's it's either a publicity stunt or you like made a deal with I haven't worked out the details exactly. Okay, sue me. But yeah. um, no, it's on you. What do you guys think? Fred jiggles the door handle. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I, I throw her keys to Fred. Yeah, Leah's like, fine, fine, fucking fine. And she like pulls her key ring off her belt and tosses it to Melandrew, who can toss it to Fred. Nice. However, Scrooge is still tangling with a poltergeist in the middle of this action. So before anything else happens, if you'd like to kick some ass again or do something else, I suppose. I want to kick this ghost ass some more. <laughs> Great. You're not getting away that easy. I've got a lot of pent up aggression. I'm going to be taking out on you. She does another screeching sound that almost sounds like music. Oh. Swear to God, that's a 14. <laughs> what? Wow. Holy shit. I have a plus four to this roll. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because ghosts. Because I, I have two tough, plus I get a bonus for ghost, and I get a bonus for fighting if I've taken harm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so go ahead and tell me what extra, extra ability you'd like. Yeah. Uh... I'm going to say I suffer less harm again. Okay. This time, instead of throwing something at you, she just sort of, as you swing with your candlestick, um, she just like reaches for your throat um, and these like ghostly hands wrap around your neck and you you feel that your your life is like being drained from you. I'll make you in hell. <laughs> this attack ignores armor, but only deals two harm. Um, and you only take one because of your extra effect. Um, however, it does look like it is restoring her strength somehow. Probably due to the life drain. But you still swing with your candlestick and the flame cuts through her ectoplasm. Uh, I have now reached the dying portion of my harm <laughs> counter <laughs> and I am unstable. Yeah, we know. Great. Right. <laughs> okay. Fred, uh, you are standing in front of the door holding the keys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in there. Cool. You fumble with the keys a little bit before you find the right one, um, but you manage to stick it in, open the door. Um, you see a, a small, clean, well-organized office. There's a desk covered in folders and papers. There is a big, like, wall calendar with lots of little events and such written into it. There is a whiteboard with a bunch of scribblings and a bunch of question marks that you don't have time to read um, because your attention is drawn by the middle of the room. Um, there is a large salt circle drawn in the center of the room. Stay back, Melandrew. <laughs> Inside the salt circle are several runes that look like they were drawn, um, like painted on, not directly on the floor, painted on like she like set newspapers down and then did this on top of this. Huh. Um, a bunch of runes painted on the floor. And then right in the center, um, there is a burning candle, a white candle that has not burned down at all. It looks like it was just lit three seconds ago as it is just right there in the middle of the room. Oh, well, that's a fire hazard. Uh, Fred tries to blow it out. Yeah. You, Fred, kind of can quickly... Salt doesn't have any effect on you, so you sort Except of... Except for heartburn. Uh, I guess, let me ask, do you enter the circle or do you try to blow from outside the circle? How, how big is the circle? Um, like a three-foot radius. It's like six feet across. Mm. It's a big circle. There needed to be room for the runes. It's taking up the whole center of the office. Well, I'm a tall young man. If I hinge at the hips... I can probably <laughs> blow it out without entering the circle. Okay. Listen, I'm very familiar with traps. 
Yeah, roll roll act under pressure to not like tip over into the circle as you're doing this. I'm a I'm a young athlete. <laughs> I rolled another ten. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, you perfectly, like with the balance of a dancer, Fred leans over outside, just outside the circle, and you blow on the candle. Scrooge, as the poltergeist has her hands wrapped around your neck, you see that light that is- Go on, do it, do it, you bastard! (laughs) The light that is burning in the center of her spectral head goes out. Her grip does not weaken, but her her ghostly eyes get wide. (laughs) Uh, Melandru, if you would like to do something, you can. Ooh, ah! I'm on a I'm on a low sodium diet. You know, it's it's terrible for water retention. Um, so I'm. Mm, that's what my aunt is always saying. I'm I'm sorry. Why are you still talking to me like we're friends? You clearly are the one who orchestrated this. Um, can I? You're right. I'm sorry. Go on. Use magic to like handcuff Leah or something. Um, you sort of already got that. She's like she's like wrapped up in this ghostly flame lasso. I'm gonna say she's not going anywhere right now. Okay, perfect. Um, then if she's not going anywhere. Ebenezer's got the poltergeist handled, and Fred's just blown out the candle. <laughs> Ebenezer is dying, I will remind you. <laughs> wait, wait, I thought he only had, like, four harm. I do, but that puts you technically in the dying category. No, you're not dying until you reach seven. You're just unstable. You're in the unstable category. Okay, gotcha. Ebenezer is unstable, I'll remind you. Um, And Fred is bending over again in those velour pants. God bless him. Red really is his color. Go on, kill me. You don't have the guts. Um, I want to... Leah, honey, you don't mind if I just poke around in here a little bit, do you? I didn't think so. Um, so I want to, like, uh, investigate a mystery and see if I can figure out any further details and support my guess. Because I had a good guess. I had a great guess. Yeah, you did. Um, go ahead. Yeah, you can roll. As Melandru <laughs> passes by, Scrooge reaches out a hand for him and finds no hand waiting. <laughs> Ebenezer, we've been over this. I am, it goes through me. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm on. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Ugh, six. Mm. Where, where is he doing this? I'm like near you. And what Would exactly you- are you doing? investigating a mystery um like i want to you know like leaf through anything on the desk read the whiteboard like i can see if we can do a mixed success i can help out i will say if you help out i'm gonna say you can't act next quote-unquote round (gasps) because you've already acted this quote-unquote round um this game doesn't really have rounds but i like to just generally i like everyone to take a turn before someone else takes a turn yeah it may not be relevant but in case it is relevant i will say you're sort of using up your next i think it would be what is being concealed here either that or what happened here but what happened here seems fairly obvious but it's the why sure i'll help out Okay. Or I'll try to help you out. <laughs> Seven. So you do grant, you do get an extra plus one to your investigation, but I expose myself to trouble or danger. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so <laughs> Fred's pants don't ride up when he bends over and I get a glimpse of his crack. No. <laughs> no. 
Um, Fred wears a belt. <laughs> so, uh, Melandru, you sweep into the room um, and start like looking, looking around. the The whiteboard is just like covered in scribblings of sort of like how how are we going to get Virginia famous again? Is the main topic of it. Um, you're sort of staring at this whiteboard, Fred. You standing there where you've just blown out this candle, notice um, something on Leah's desk, and you kind of point and you're like, "Hey, what's that?" Um, but as you point, you uh, overbalance and fall directly into the middle of the salt circle right on top of all these oh, rooms. And whew, thank goodness I blew out that candle. This could have been rough. The smoking candle. Um, yeah, it like burns a little bit. Like the runes are still kind Ouch. of hot, but because you just burned the candle out, um, I don't think it's enough for you to actually take any harm. <laughs> but you didn't expose yourself to trouble or danger. Um, Melandru, <laughs> you, you look where Fred pointed um, and you see that there is like this old, like, tome sitting in the middle of Leah's desk open to a page um as you draw near you see that there is like a a ritual for poltergeist uh summoning and stuck to the like uh the other page next to where this ritual is written is a post-it note that has like a couple of quick bullet points on it um the first one says like make sure influencers are present the next one is like use Letitia Silver's appearance um, and then the third bullet point says, um, try to keep Jefferson Todd away. And there is like a little, uh, an arrow pointing from the sticky note to a note, like at the bottom of this description of the ritual. Um, this little paragraph that's like, note with this ritual, be careful to not expose the poltergeist to the sources of their vengeful rage too directly or you may lose control of the ghost mm. oh that would have been bad and you uh locate this um scrooge you are out out in the hallway still as you as you hear like a clattering noise as fred fall over and you hear melandrew go oh that would have been bad from the office <laughs> um and you um you meanwhile are more concerned with the ghost that still has her fingers wrapped around your throat yeah that's right i'm concerned with kicking its arse <laughs> 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 I'm taking you down. Twelve. Jesus. Great. Extra effect. I will say, you can see that she is, like, pretty hurt. Like, now that the candle's out, her form is, like, flickering. I inflict terrible harm. Okay. I'm just suspended in the air, bashing her with my candlestick. Yeah. Uh, Don't try to teach me any moral lessons. Um, you slice your candlestick through this ghostly figure. Um, you see her her eyes grow even wider. Her mouth opens supernaturally large, longer than where, where a human jaw can draw. Oh. Yuck. And for just like a split second in the hallway, there hangs not this, n not the, the screeching note that nearly blew out all your eardrums, but just this beautiful, pure riff of a few notes. The first opening notes of the leading lady's opening number in Give Me an Auld Lang Sign. And those notes just hang in the air for a second. And the ghost... 
dissipates into fog that that slowly spreads out throughout the hallway. All of the the rest of the fog sinks down into the carpet. And you, Scrooge, a man who is so experienced with hauntings, can feel that this house has been cleansed. Mm. <laughs> Scrooge! <laughs> what are you, a fucking Pokemon? I don't know what that is. Fred uh, stands up from within the little circle, uh, kicks a little hole in it so that if Melandra accidentally passes over, he can escape it. Thank you so much. And struts over to Leah. So, just as we predicted, a disgruntled employee this whole time. I knew it. I'm not disgruntled. I'm doing my job very well. I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. That's right. I never trust an employee who's too gruntled. Oh my god. I don't know what you people expect of me. Yes, yes, let me, I guess I'll just go ahead. Yes, you were spot on, Mr. Boyd, whatever your last name is. Oh my god, thank is. you so much. <laughs> you, you, uh... Um, actually, it's Sir. I was knighted. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Only posthumously. <laughs> I, I determined that... In order for Virginia to get the show that she wants, we needed to get her going viral on the internet, and she would want to be going viral in a theatrical, dramatic kind of way, and it had to be the sort of thing that would catch Jefferson Todd's attention. So we, uh, we, we rigged up the, and by we, I mean me. Uh, that was the one thing. Chrissy was not actually involved in any of the supernatural stuff. I just wanted to make sure that she was on scene and we were trying to work out a deal. Um, but, uh, red herring. So I, I summoned the poltergeist. I told it to take the appearance of Letitia Silver, who died like 20 years ago, by the way. And But you asked me to look it up. So of course, I wasn't going to just tell you that. You um, catty bench. I mean, what can I say? This is what you get for not having a cell phone in 2022, even if you are a ghost. So... What <laughs> year is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I summoned the ghost and it was going to be this whole dramatic thing with a whole bunch of near misses, but Jefferson Todd was not supposed to show... He never shows up. I mean, my God, he was here at eight for a party that started at seven. That's crazy. He shouldn't have been here until like 9.30 at the earliest. But I bet Tom got him to show up early because fucking Tom was not supposed to be involved. So I probably would have lost control of the spell and the chandelier would have gotten knocked down and all sorts of bad things would have continued to escalate. But uh, you managed to head that off. So go you. See, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I, uh, I... And the mastermind behind this evil plot, Fred goes to uh, peel off <laughs> Leah's mask. Ow, ow, ow. That is my skin. Ah, oh, I knew it. Leah. <laughs> oh, we'll just see about that. Scrooge unscrews the top of his walking stick and pulls a knife out. Okay, okay. Hey, okay. hey, hey, hey. Okay, Can well, I go now? How do we know you're not a ghost too? Hey, hold on, hold on. Fred takes out his own cell phone and opens up whatever social media is the most popular these days. <laughs> and he turns it around to Leah and he's like, and... Sorry, I just need you to say it again. And who stopped you from carrying out this horrible plan that, by the way, if it had succeeded, you would have come into a lot of good fortune, wouldn't you? Yes, I would have. I, I nod yes to cue her to nod yes. Yep. 
Yep. Yes, that is just a true fact. Um, And, you know, you almost got away with it. If I say this, will you guys just, like, let me? Can I just go? We don't have any legal authority. Oh, yeah, no, I don't care. We <laughs> yeah. just... And I I haven't committed any crimes. Summoning a poltergeist is not actually illegal. No, no, no. I mean, it ought to be. You probably should have just, like, run it by it with your employer when she was like, I'm yeah. hiring a team of ghost exterminators. Guys, guys, I'm f- I'm, I'm recording. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on. <laughs> I've been pushing to get us licenses to kill, but nothing doing. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to bleep that out now. Thanks. <laughs> Good. I don't like my likeness or voice being captured for posterity. Let Let Fred finish his little video and then... yes, Fred. Fred gets all of us on camera, including Melandru's scary mask, mm-hmm. and then turns to Leah and says, "And who was it who stopped you?" <sighs> the. Uh... Paranormal investigators, something society. I don't know. I just know it spells piss. Ah, Leah. What? Oh my God! It spells what? Fred turns off the camera. <laughs> Freddy stops alive. Oh, I never even noticed. Oh, who came up it's with that name? Paranormal investigative support. We've been service. driving around with that on the side of my lorry this whole time. What's wrong with piss? I don't get it. <sighs> Actually, a madrigal does not include instrumentalization, Andy, so you are wrong about that. If you are classically trained, you would know the difference. Yeah, well, you know where I trained my singing voice? On the streets. <laughs> I'd walk down the sidewalk every day singing show tunes until people dumped their sewage out the window at me. <laughs> this <laughs> also took place in the 1800s. <laughs> no, Boston's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> We poured all our resources into the big dig, so we didn't have anything left for indoor plumbing. <laughs> Why do we talk about the big dig this often? <laughs> I still don't know what it is. It was a big. It was a big construction project in Boston, where they dug a bunch of tunnels to move a bunch of highways underground and replace them with parks.